Hello, everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. We're recording this on New Year's Day, so the vibes are just right. And of course, for a good vibes episode, I need with me Michael Huber. Yo. And Bradley Ellis. Yo, dude, I'm going to keep that New Year's vibe going. Got some whiskey. Oh, nice. Nice. What kind of whiskey is that? Uh, the Bellavine, I think it is. My brother gave me like a bunch of sample ones for Christmas. Sick. Nice. This is 17, age 17 years, apparently. Dang. You know, Brad, you should have told me this beforehand because I just have water in this cup, but we could have had. I just have espresso. (laughs) All good. Espresso at at 717? Dude, it's 717, but am am I alone in thinking that it feels like. 11.45 11.45 p.m.? No, it does. It does feel really late. Yeah, My concept of time okay. has been screwed. You know what? I was giving you a hard time about that, but I have coffee at night all the time. Got so to. It feels, it feels right. Need it. Yeah. Need it to survive, Ben. Yeah. yeah. I have a lot of coffee. Um, Same, dude. I will be your host, Ben Moore. Uh, I thought I'd open up the show by just asking, you know, on a personal level, just as Huber and Brad here, what are you guys looking forward to in 2021? This is the first day of it. Resident Evil 8. What'd you say? Resident Evil 8. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. New That's year, just like... new new release dates, you know? It's like I can start looking at the release dates officially of 2021. And then when I booted up my Xbox earlier, it was like, hey, you should play Resident Evil 7. <laughs> and you were like, Seven? well, you don't have Whoa. to twist my arm. Gee. Yeah. But then I started, to, I was like, dude, eight is close. Yeah. Relatively close. Yeah. That's like a little, just like a little thing I'm going to store away of happiness, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just like dude. put it on the shelf, dude. It's coming. It is yeah. coming. Uh, 2021. I want, I need to see more Breath of the Wild. So they got to like do something mm-hmm. like whatever it doesn't come out i need to see it i need mm-hmm. to see something dude i'm just dying here obviously i don't know if it'll happen but i want to get back in the studio yeah with all you asap can't wait mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. hug mike and you guys yeah something like yeah geez, i'm gonna crack i'm gonna crack somebody's ribs you are hard gonna crack it's crack gonna be glorious blood, dude <laughs> um i'm just really looking forward to going to a movie again i feel like no matter what i see it's gonna be like a momentous Dude, occasion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to go really Disneyland. Cool. Man. There's gonna be there's gonna I be that too. that yeah. nervousness though. Oh yeah, that's true. That like kind of tension of like, okay, well it's it'll be safe weird now because everyone's like, okay. gonna be like on edge slightly yeah, for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, totally. Well, it, we just need to have like as soon as this thing calms down, like an actual zombie outbreak happens. Just, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I. <laughs> I didn't. Um, I didn't see my family this year for the holidays, so. Oh man. That would be nice too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'd like you know Zoom called and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Not the same. Not the not same. same. Not, not the better same. Better than nothing, but not the same. Yeah, man. Christmas just felt like it kind of came out of nowhere for me, because you know I wasn't out as much or anything like that. Yeah. You know, usually you're out like shopping or whatever, or just right. Going out. Yeah, here in like, the Christmas music. Really didn't do that as much this year. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I, I still enjoyed it, right? I still mm-hmm. enjoyed Christmas, but it didn't feel the same for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. Yeah, understandable. People need to be safe. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to for this, this whole thing to be over. Yep. Um, family is watching The Mandalorian, my parents and my sister. And this is the first Star Wars thing that my sister's ever seen. 
Oh, so that's know. pretty cool. That's pretty that cool. Is wild. It's like a that good thing to, like that. Yeah. Anything Star Wars is like Dude. somebody's first thing mm-hmm. with Star Wars. It's so that's great. My mm-hmm. dad's only seen the first episode of season two, and I'm just fucking waiting Wait, for him to get caught up dude i'm just Wait, waiting okay the way that dad. you said that i thought that he yes. just skipped season one no no, no he's okay. seen season okay. one okay okay but he's only seen first episode of two yeah i was talking to my dad while they were watching or after they they were like on episode five of the first season and it was so hard just be like okay don't tell them anything like just yeah. hold back they have no idea what's in store yeah yeah uh but let's let's move into the games uh huber You've been playing something that I've been meaning to check out, but just have not yet. Uh, and that is Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Beyond Light. Destiny. What a year for that to come out, dude. Beyond Light. Stacked. Stacked, yeah. Um, Super fun. Okay, it launched, but uh, remember that the current gen versions launched about a month later. So it came out on PC, PS4, all that. You could still play on PS5, but like the official PS5 patch patch Mm -hmm. did not release until I think like three to four weeks later. I don't know the exact date, but it was about a month or so. And that's what I waited for. I waited for that moment because I was busy right when it came out. So I was like, oh, might as well just wait for for that. And it's been so nice. Like I, I... was on PS4 originally, then switched over to Steam, and then now I'm back on ps5 see the um, thing for me is i just like shooting with the mouse and keyboard and destiny totally, so much totally. that i think it would i mean it wouldn't be hard to go back to controller i'm sure it'd be mm-hmm. fine but yeah 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 i always like the way destiny feels on control it's weird it does like, feel really good like, yeah it does doom it good. doom yeah. i want that mouse and keyboard but destiny it's like ah oh, there's something about something yeah about i think destiny's like design is a little more okay with controller mm-hmm. you know with doom you're running 100 miles an hour and you're like yeah. <laughs> Look all over the place. Uh, But Beyond Light, it's been good. It's been great. Uh, There's a new planet, new powers, you know. If you are familiar with the Destiny 2 kind of expansion release schedule, then, you know, nothing new here. Um, It just feels like the game's in a really good spot. I will say my my main takeaway is like daily and weekly objectives mm-hmm. for me it's too much it, it became really overwhelming and i got to a point i haven't played in a week because it got to a point where i was feeling pressured to play and feeling guilty about oh, not playing that's the worst dude yeah because you have you have daily bounties from a ton of sources you have weekly things that give you the strongest armor it's like once you hit the the soft cap of 1200 to get to the hard cap of 1250 or 60 or whatever it is you need to do those challenges to reward you with the powerful gear and the pinnacle gear so it's you're just like you have to do it you have to do it you know I, i always see not just with destiny but some games it's like yeah well just don't do that and it's like well you kind of have to. The whole point of the Guild of Destiny is to get higher numbers, and the right. best way to get your numbers higher are to do those activities. And one part of me was like, okay, this is awesome. I get to do everything. I get to do some PvP. I get mm. to do some strikes. I get to do some planetary investigations. Like, that's really nice. But 
it got to a point where sometimes I logged in and I was like, well, the only thing that's going to reward me is PVP. I want, I don't want to do PVP right now, but it's like, well, that's where the gear is. Like, go do that. Or you'll get like some quests where it'll be, you know, use your stasis power on like a hundred enemies. And it's like, that stuff comes over time. Mm. But now if I have one thing telling me to get gear from PVP and another thing from telling me to do stasis, it's just kind of this, push and pull it's like well i want to do them both at the same time to like maximize efficiency so i just felt like destiny was kind of not respecting my time Mm. that was kind of my takeaway with that aspect i think the the troubling thing about this is like you're talking about this new expansion which i haven't touched yet Mm -hmm. um but I was into Destiny this summer, and it just sounds the same. Like, everything that you're describing, it's like, yeah, that's what I was doing six months ago. And yeah, it's still is Destiny changed. 2. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. I, I like Destiny 2, and it can definitely get its hooks in me. But I think I was hoping that, you know, what you'd be describing, I guess, would be a little bit more mm-hmm. substantial for a new expansion. expansion. Yeah, uh, the, the powers are cool, and I will say the quest progression mostly works Hmm. you know think about the years and years of destiny where you know where we started where it was like all right just grind strikes now forever it's like what no and then they added like some quests and just the quest process i feel like has gotten better over the years yeah there's only given you more to do Yeah, yeah there's just there's always something to do it's just a matter of well do i want to do that right now mm-hmm you know, I, I imagine the perfect the perfect world of Destiny it's where, like, you can go on and just play what you want to play and be rewarded for it. You know, I don't know. But that's that's a totally different like that's just my opinion. I don't know. I don't know if that's right or wrong. What do you guys what do you guys think? Because, you know, you know, at the same time, like it, Destiny is so fun, like it, it gives you a reason to play everything. Yeah, it makes mm-hmm. it more rewarding when you do get raid ready and you can do the raid. It's like, well, I really put in the time. I really did everything to kind of get strong but i think I don't know. when i was playing it earlier this year doing the forsaken content and the the shadow keep content i actually kind of got interested in the lore and the story yeah. and the end of shadow keep definitely set up beyond light to be like okay stuff is going down mm-hmm. do you feel like it delivered on that promise yeah it feels like stuff's going down it's definitely still long term you know okay. i feel like I feel like we're always going to be in that spot with yeah. with a game like this, Destiny, th- where it's like, expansion, here it is, but let's space this out over the season, more stuff. You yeah. know, it's always uh-huh. this, like, huge event, but it's going to take time. That's actually a problem you know? I have, I feel like, with a lot of ongoing <laughs> yeah. games. It's not, it's not really just a Destiny thing, but there's always this sense of, like, just, you know, kicking the ball further down the field. Mm-hmm. Um and that's that's okay, but like, I don't know. I think something that made Forsaken so cool is it it focused on characters a little bit better. Do you feel mm-hmm. like people step up to the plate here? Yeah, dude, we got the stranger back, the exo stranger. Yeah, how is, how is the stranger, dude? That's what I mean. The storytelling and all that stuff is top notch. So like, I came out guns blazing, criticizing. You know how we do on Frame Trap, Ben. Criticism <laughs> does not mean dislike yeah <laughs> you know? tell me how it is man <laughs> so it's like we the the we're, we're at a point where like the presentation is so much better than it was even all the lore mm-hmm. stuff like there's lore tabs you know mm-hmm. you can 
collect lore information and it's kind of like cataloged into your into your book and all that and it's like okay i can kind of piece it together better than before which is nice yeah um and yeah just the missions are really fun like obviously their art design is next level production design yeah. and stuff is that was another so thing so well done like the mm-hmm. stasis powers and the snowy planet like all that stuff is really well done really really good yeah i i can't commend that art team enough i mean there have been moments yeah. certain certain areas and planets in destiny where it like that was a huge part of the enjoyment on its own was just looking around uh mm-hmm. and i i love that yeah they're top notch when it comes to a lot of that stuff yeah. So yeah, it was just a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot to keep track of. I think one thing was like the daily bounties. Mm-hmm. I feel like the daily bounties should not expire. That was my takeaway. Because you get these weekly things that are like, all right, you got to finish this by the week or else it resets. You don't get your gear. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, you need to finish eight bounties to collect that reward. But then your bounties are like daily bounties and they expire but some of them are like, yo, get 30 kills with this. And it's like, dude, if like, let me just get that bounty and finish it on my own accord. That's not hurting anyone. Mm, you know, yeah. let me get my 30 kills over the week to collect said reward. So it just felt like there was just a ton. It really Wait, overwhelmed me. So if you get this quest and you don't do it, it goes away. Only the dailies, the daily bounties, the daily bounties. That's really weird, though. Yeah. I think if you get the quest, you should hold on to it until you finish it. I agree. I feel like dailies should not expire. I feel like that would be a nice compromise. Yeah, that seems weird to me. Because that wouldn't change the fact that your best gear is still coming from the weekly rewards. Mm -hmm. And if the weekly is like, yo, just finish eight bounties. Okay, let me just finish my bounties over the week. They don't need to expire. Like, it's just, I just kept feeling this pressure of like log in and do your shit today chores or you're gonna run yeah it felt like chores for a minute so i had to i had to take a week off and now currently i'm reevaluating. am i gonna hop back in i don't know yeah but that's i felt like strong-armed bungie settle down that's like that's everything though (laughs) i mean that's just the design of of these games you know it's for sure any mmo you know avengers everything just has has that kind of cycle because but fortnite is easier to hop back into ben and Mm -hmm. this is why i always find myself hopping back in because it's purely seasonal Mm -hmm. hey guess what you have three months to do get as far as you want on this battle pass have at you Mm -hmm. so i never feel this like daily pressure to like get in and do something before it expires every single day yeah but i mean like Along those lines, isn't that pressure just self-inflicted? Because, like, let's just say you don't do it. Then the next day you pick it up, you can do that daily if you want. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not like... Because the way that they lock gear in Destiny, it's not like you can never get there. It's like, if you miss yeah. it, it's not like you can never, ever get to that number. True, true. It's like, so... If you if you want to take a break or you don't want to, you know, do it every single day, you could take yeah. a week off and then have a really heavy week where you're doing stuff. It you can still progress roughly at the rate that you want to progress. Uh, yeah. That's true. So yeah, that's just uh, that's just where I'm at, you know, the the push and pull of destiny as we always talk about. Yeah. Like it feels like Beyond Light was geared towards dedicated fans which is awesome so that i feel like that is a good place for it to be in 
Um, and obviously I haven't done the rain yet. I'm, I'm raid ready, but I have not done that, that yet. And everyone that has done it has said it's freaking amazing. Yeah. So cool. Which always makes everything worth it in the end, you know? So maybe my complaints right. will be like, yeah, whatever. I felt pressured to play, but it was rewarding in the end. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the payoff does account for a lot, right? Cause I mm-hmm. feel like you've expressed the past humor that like, once you've done the raid, you kind of yeah. feel this pressure off your shoulders and totally. you're like, all right, I'm good. You know, I'll check in so true. next time around. Yeah, yep. definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I think this sounds cool. And I, I do really like Destiny 2. And I am curious. I am. I think that's the number one thing is I'm curious to see what they do with the story and Beyond Light. But a lot of what you're describing is business as usual. And I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that sounds more critical than it actually is. Because I think mm-hmm. Destiny 2 has, has very much carved out its identity in a way that that is definitely serviceable. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think we're all kind of waiting for like the big next step. This is like beyond light sounds like it's, you know, the next chapter, but it's not like this huge transformative thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, I'm sure that'll happen. Right. And that's, that's not an easy thing to do. But. It seems like it's in a, in a good place. I know there yeah. was some concern with the uh, stasis powers with PvP balancing mm. because, you know, dude, to, to get some of these new new stasis powers, which actually I really appreciated this part, was you have to do some, like, post-game stuff. Hmm. So, like, I beat kind of the main campaign and, like, I had to do a lot of stuff afterwards to kind of modify my powers and you can bring that stuff into pvp and just start chucking these like shatter grenades everywhere it gets pretty out of control so pvp kind of felt chaotic which i'm sure can be frustrating but at the same time mmo pvps i want to be as chaotic as possible well bring in all your raid gear that you earned and kill me every time you are. <laughs> you you saying it's more chaotic is hard for me to visualize <laughs> Because it was already insane. Like, yeah. dude, hunters have like a, a like a ice tornado move okay. now. It's out of control. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, people. There's this like dedicated following for Destiny that is so good at PvP that it was like chaos just based on their skill level. But then mm-hmm. you throw in supers and stuff on top of that, and mm-hmm. it's crazy. And so it's if, if it's even crazier now. That is uh wow. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you saying it's in a good place, I think, is reassuring. I think that's, feel, that's a good way good to me. kind of sum it, sum it all up. Hmm. Yeah, it, it felt a little more demanding than I was used to. But it hmm. feels like it's in a good place. Hmm. Yeah, I always think about stuff like this with MMOs. Yeah. How you're saying you felt pressured. But I, <laughs> I always think about also the other player, you know, like this is the only game they play. Totally. And I think that's a lot of that audience. Mm-hmm. So it's good for them to always have something to come back to. But for people like us who bounce around a lot, yeah. mm-hmm. it can be definitely overwhelming at times. Totally. I, I think, think it's just the time limit stuff. Yeah. That stuff just mm-hmm. like got to me weirdly this time, mm-hmm. like on another level. I don't know. Maybe it's because you're like on holiday and you... <laughs> maybe a lot of your life is more relaxed. And so when Destiny's like putting a more rigid schedule, maybe it's conflicting. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Schedule. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, I, something I just thought about with like MMOs and myself personally is like way back in the day, being online with other p- people was just such a novelty that mm-hmm. 
like that's kind of what I was in there for. And just like playing Battlefield 1942 and having these large scale wars and all that stuff, like just the fact that it worked was so captivating. It was was enough to keep you going. But now there's so many things that I can sink all of my time into if I want. There's like infinite numbers of options for (laughs) games that, that are really demanding and like have things that you need to pay attention to seasonally, weekly, daily. Like there's just so much of that stuff that I find the things that I gravitate to now are it's like, well, do I, am I interested at all in the story or like, is this an experience I can't get anywhere else? Um, or something like that. Like, it's just, it's changed so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I totally. think, I think my own demands for that. It's an embarrassment of riches. Would you it say is. it every, every frame mm-hmm. trap, there's just too much to play. These are my demands. I yeah. need story and gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> I need story and gameplay forever. Um, Uh, Dude, Ben, in Battlefield 1942, did you ever lay down on the wings of the B-52 bomber and then have your friend, like, fly over and jump off? We used to do that. um, I don't specifically remember doing that. Or did you ever throw the, the, the C-4 on the Jeeps and then blow the Jeeps up? I I genuinely don't remember. (laughs) Like... I remember a lot of craziness and chaos and fun and just goofing around. And like people definitely treated 1942 like this big giant sandbox, but I can't mm-hmm. tell you specifically like <laughs> that. Yeah. I just don't remember. Every time I hear 1942, my mind always just goes to that place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When was 1942? Cause I don't Dude. think I've, I don't think I've played it in probably early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Early yeah. 2000s seems right. I don't think I've played it in like over a decade. So yeah, I don't remember. Sadly, <laughs> lifetime memories, dude. Be yeah. I definitely played yeah. some Battlefield 1942 with my friends, but I primarily played it by myself online <laughs> um, because, like, not a lot of my friends were super into PC games. Totally. That was more of a more of a me interest thing. And so she there knocked a lot those of, settings down to low. Yeah, there were that, there were <laughs> games that I kind of got really into on my own. A game that nobody talks about that I played it like spent an entire summer playing was Rainbow Six Three specifically. Dude, three played Raven a, Shield. Played a, was, was three Raven subtitle? Shield, no, dude. I don't remember what the subtitle was. Oh my god, you're bringing me back now, dude. No one talks about three. Yeah, it is Raven Shield. You're right. Dude, That's the subtitle. My brother loved yeah. that freaking yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played the shit out of that game for, for a summer. <laughs> uh, Ben, dude, Battlefield. It seems like whenever there's a new main battlefield, me and Huber, we play for a little bit. Like, yeah. me yeah. and Huber still play with each other, man. You should get in there with us, dude. dude we got, I, let's stream Battlefield, guys. Well, we gotta I, do this. I it's played so four or five. I think it was five, you played, Huber. I remember you played one with us. Ben played, I played one. one. I remember, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you and I, Huber, you had a day where you were like, let's play Battlefield 5, and we played. And it's so weird because, like, I, I was really into 1942. That was yeah. a big one for me. Bad Company 2 was another yes. big one for me. Spent a lot of time with Bad Company yeah. 2. And uh, Battlefield 3. Those are those are kind of like my three. I know everybody has different ones, but those totally. are kind of my three big ones. Um, and now when I play Battlefield, like when I play it with you guys, I have a good time. But I just don't feel that drive 
Got it. Anymore, it's all about who you play with, yeah. man. For sure. Like, when you're playing with your friends, it is so chaotic and you're much more loose and goofy. Shit, like, guys. me and Mike do such dumb shit oh, yeah. all the time in that game. <laughs> yeah, and it's fun. It's fun doing dumb stuff with your friends, but, like, I remember, like, wanting it. Like, I would grind that out. Like, yeah, like of it was like, it, it, I'm it'll never be some, like yeah. the same for us. Yeah. Grinding out games, dude. Yeah. Grinding out weapon unlocks. <laughs> weapon attachments, dude. Yeah, weapon attachments. Grind dude. it oh, out. Shit. That's so good. You were streaming Battlefield and making this happen. Which, what Battlefield are we on? Five? Five. I don't even know. Okay. Six is coming. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like. I can't even pinpoint it because I when I do play modern battlefields, I, I have a good time, but the the magic just isn't there in the same way. I mean, yeah, you yeah. can't recapture that feeling, you know. I also think like a little bit of the magic is lost for sure. I think part of it is like people take <clears throat> games way more seriously now. Yeah, sure. And I feel like playing nineteen forty two, maybe it was just I was a kid and this was just my perspective on things, but like I don't know, I, I felt like people didn't try so hard. Like metas yeah, dude yeah. there's there's some meta strats now the money yeah. the money wasn't on the table in the same way and so it took the pressure off and like people totally. were just dumb and goofy and, yeah. yeah i think like you said earlier it was just kind of the era of people playing online with each yeah, other yeah, and just yeah. the fact that this game works kind of thing as well as it does was so fun and goofy yes like there wasn't like really youtube back then there wasn't like necessarily widespread knowledge as much about games so it was a, a lot more goofy but now it's just like everybody's like, all right, well, I'm going to play this game. Yeah. Look up the YouTube like, guide for best gun, best but, attachments. Yeah, you still get that. But once in a while, there's always like a shining moment of someone just being a nutcase. Yes. Which I really appreciate. I really appreciate that as well. Brad, I was uh, playing some Battlefront 2 last week. And uh, there was this like 501st clan. And they were like... There were so many of them. They just all had this 501st clan tag. And they made up, like, pretty much the entire other team. Holy and, like, shit. they were so good that, like, you couldn't... No one scored. And then the next <laughs> match, we got on their side. And then, like, it was just, it was just like, a 100-0 blowout. <laughs> oh whichever, whichever way that they swung, it was just, like, pure domination. Dude, it's shout great. out to people that still play in fps clans yeah, yeah dude. like holy shit crazy <laughs> love it that's I love so that cool shit. uh but uh moving away i guess a little bit from the nostalgia very very contemporary release here brad you've been playing some cyberpunk yeah cyber beat it yeah cyber uh yeah played like i don't even know like 40 something hours probably. what were your specs mm-hmm. what are my specs, specs? I have a 1080 graphics card. You have a 980, yep. Mike. What were your visual specs? <laughs> uh, so, I have a 1440p monitor, okay. and I had to bump my monitor down to 1080p to get to run at 60. 1080p. So your 1080p so, 60 though. Yeah, but it looks like kind of like dog shit on my monitor. Mm-hmm. 1080 like looks really bad on my. New yeah, monitor so it's well. kind yeah. of annoying. Yeah. Yeah. But the FPS was so much better, so I dealt with it. I don't know how much. Like my, my PC is not cutting edge by any means i would say i'm a, a mid-tier pc by now it's like five years old mm. so i think i don't know how much of it was the game also you know because i've been i remember you telling me like how it was running for you well yeah the performance with cyberpunk 
was all over the place, and it did improve over time. Right. For sure. So, I don't know. I'm sure it'll get better over time, but also my PC's not the greatest. Yeah. But, man, a game... Cyberpunk is a game I really love. Mm -hmm. I really liked my my stay, so to speak, in Night City. I thought the game was... There were so many great moments I just loved. But, like Ben's review, there is a lot of... You have to really look for some of these moments mm-hmm. when you shouldn't have to. Like, just bugs, technical limitations, just interrupting kind of the flow. And you're just like, shit, man. I wish this didn't really happen. Like, having to reload quests a couple mm. times, having mm. to do workarounds, you know, because, like, this quest isn't working right now. They fixed some of it since I've done it, but still too annoying for what I think most people would want to and were willing to put up with, but goddamn i felt like sometimes when i was playing that game i was like dude this is so good especially the narrative i think that game uh-huh. like i know you played some of it mike but man i really loved that narrative yeah dude i thought it was great i really loved the story i thought the like night city itself i think is super fascinating and interesting world to go around with i actually liked the combat pretty well like mm. i remember we've seen the game we saw the game a couple times at e3 and we were always kind of like yeah like shooting especially mm-hmm. we were like eh I think it's pretty good. I mean, it's not Call of Duty or anything like that, but I thought it was, it was better than I expected. I thought it was a lot of fun, but it's hard for me to recommend that game right now for probably a lot of people. Mm. Like you, Mike. Like, I think you should wait, especially if you're playing on a console. Yeah. yeah. That's I got eight playing, hours, right? In. You're yeah. playing on a console? Yeah. Yep. Played eight hours, and, and like you said, Brad, loved it, dude. The story was so sick. Wanted to... You were playing on PS5, right? PS5, the PS4 version on PS5, yeah. So we haven't actually had, everybody else has been playing on PC, I think, so I'm actually right. curious what that oh. console experience has been like for you. Yeah, um, it was rough, you know? It mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, there is so much hyperbole right when it came out with like, oh my god, it's broken. And granted, that was mostly about the base versions playing on like a normal PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, but playing on PS5, like it was bad, but it was still functional mm-hmm. you know i had maybe five or six hard crashes that's a lot of, that, yeah. That, yeah. that's pretty like, bad I, yeah i never really crashed at all but yeah I, I mean obviously console had it way worse than me and ben probably did yeah yeah but like that really sucks yeah hard crashes just popping you know mm-hmm. for me but for me the main thing was like it just didn't look good enough for mm-hmm. sure that's sure. why that was that, that made waiting actually really easy because i was like struggling so hard to immerse myself in night city i was like this is a this is a game this is a world this is a setting that demands you inhabit it you know yeah and on pc you you can definitely get there yeah yes like the best immersive sims you know deus ex i'm walking around with my revolver like i am on the streets Mm -hmm. and i was trying so hard to get to that place with cyberpunk and i was like dude Looking at all the reports, looking at all the, the you know, craziness surrounding it. I was like, I, I'm just going to wait a while. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love what I played. Exactly. I love what I played mm-hmm. so much, even if it was janky. And it's like, you can wait. Yeah. You've got plenty of stuff you can play right no now. No rush. Yeah. Uh, Brad, to your point about the gunplay, I agree. Uh, I, I, I think out of all of your combat options, guns are definitely the most consistently satisfying to use. Yeah. Um, the the thing that kind of, especially over time, I think kind of frustrated me about cyberpunk is 
I think guns are so good and so effective that like going other directions isn't nearly as interesting. Like I don't think it's sure. as fun or or really the game is is built in a way that accommodates stealth in a in a in a good way or good to know, you know dude, I think I think I think the hacking is kind of under like the stealth is there and it works but you do, like you don't need a stealth build and I just I just think you're you're when I talk about builds and the ways that you can diversify your characters they're they're not that different from each other it feels like Like, even if you go out of your way to kind of be different i i i'm a little disappointed i feel like that the the cyberpunk you know whether you're talking about your experience brad or ian's talking about ian's experience or blood like there's kind of a they all kind of like congeal a, a little bit too much sure yeah um, one thing I will say is Kristen was playing at the same time as me and she, her build was like completely different than mine. Like I did the, um, I really like focused on guns, especially like mm-hmm. just having that kind of power, but she went like hacking and crafting mm-hmm. mostly. And her combat, I watched her play a little bit in her combat encounters and man, she would just hack people and like kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And I mean, shoot a bullet. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's like really different than mine. Yeah. Which is cool, but. At the same time, I don't... There's, like, you know, melee and stuff like that. The and I don't know how terrible. fun that is, it's really. It's not good. Like, it's it's the thing... and the, So I, I want to use your point about the differences between your and Kristen's play style. Because I, I don't think I'm articulating very well what I'm trying to say. It's, like, melee is a good example. Melee is effective. You, mm-hmm. can, you can pump points into blades and stuff and be really, really strong. But... It's it's not satisfying. Like sure, you yeah. you just feel like you're just like clicking away. Like I had these mantis blades, I'd just be slashing away, and it would just be so mindless that like yes, I was cleaving through dudes, but it also kind of felt like I wasn't really doing anything. And mm-hmm. the same thing with hacking. And like there is some stuff that you can do with hacking, and there's some some quick hacks that you can get that are powerful. But I felt like a lot of times it would just be like me looking at a guy from a safe distance hitting the button and then they die you know it that yeah. was that was less satisfying than engaging in the gunfights where it's like okay they're getting behind cover i have to try to shoot their head or mm-hmm. or like you know there were some there were some challenges in there like oh i have to worry about cover that sort of thing that i feel like the other modes of play just don't have enough depth to them sure totally get that yeah i think guns were i went guns because I saw like the different types of guns, mm-hmm. like the smart guns or whatever, you know, I'm yeah. like, Oh, this seems like they have like a quite a different bit of weapon types. So I was like, I really want to fool around with these kind of things. Yeah. And it's fun. Like there is, there is a good variety of guns. Um, and that like the way that they're augmented by skills is interesting as well because, and it's nice that you can equip like three different things, right? Like you can have, mm-hmm. Uh, a variety because you'll you'll run into situations where certain options will be more effective than others or like right using a silencer on a gun and then having something when shit goes bad like there's definitely room to play around with the arsenal of guns in particular mm-hmm. um i think i was just hoping for and we we talked about this in the last episode but like brad i don't know if you ran into this where like you'd run into situations where it'd be like okay you need you know this stat to open up this path right mm-hmm. 
and you'd be like, oh man, like that's an option that's closed off from me. Like, do should I build my character that way? You know, that kind of moment of crisis. Right. But the problem with cyberpunk is like you look five feet to your left and it's like, mm. oh, well, I can just go this way instead. And it's like, sure. it, I, I feel like they don't really um, make you sweat all that much when it comes to your decisions. Where you feel like, man, I wish I had this. Yeah, because you, you think about like other RPGs. Dishonored. Right. Like even something as simple as like missing out on a dialogue option where you're like, oh, I wonder if, if I could have like gotten more there or something and cyberpunk certainly does have that i'm not saying that it doesn't Mm -hmm. it just is like not there in the way that i was kind of hoping for or it felt like its perks would support sure i totally get that yeah i could see that Hmm. but the the shooting Uh, probably just too big right open world i mean yeah, I mean, there's a lot to that world. Yeah. Like, the world to me is super impressive yeah. about the how much is there amazing. is. And Brad, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're talking about the world. You're 100% right because, like, every part of that city just feels so different. Mm-hmm. And, like, as you're going and you're doing these missions, the places that you get to see, I mean, it 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 feels massive and just so detailed and, and alive. And, yeah. some of those quest lines too man those Mm -hmm. characters you mean that game yeah are so fascinating like i'm super excited huber for when you finally like play through it sick because i know you're just gonna love it Mm. yeah dude i fucking love it i loved what i played and you know huber i know you really enjoy side quests and and yeah all those characters and like the side quests are like the best part of this game yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, I know people great. were saying they beat it in like 30 40 hours and it's like it's that's shorter surpri- like, I'm going to take a hundred quest but there's a lot if you yeah. want to do it yeah, there's cool. a lot yeah cool. I did quite a few like that's what primarily what I did in the 8 hours or so that I played I did a bunch of side quests and got to a big like story turning mm-hmm. point mission the the thing that was what I will say is uh there's there's this quest chain that you can do where you go and you fight in you do hand to hand combat it's mm-hmm. different people and i just i totally point. did that one you fight like two people right well there's there's more there's like a bunch okay, of fights okay. that you can yeah do. that's the first one um yeah. and i just got to a point where i was like i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> because the, the melee combat is just not fun like it's just mm-hmm. you know, i'm not having a good time and yeah. so that was something because you talked about um brad fighting those two twins and like that was kind of a clever and cute moment and like seeing mm-hmm. them and the and the and the way that they handled those characters was interesting but i ought I don't know. I feel like a lot of times the, the the amount that I appreciate the storytelling is offset by like how disappointing the gameplay can be. And that's mm-hmm. also colored by the fact that there were so many bugs Yeah, that I think it gave it a worse impression than it actually is. Yeah. I mean, this game definitely wasn't ready to come out. No, it wasn't. But when you talk about like that fight, that fight quest with those two twins, like one thing I did like about this game is a very like simple kind of mundane task i would say you know just fist fighting two guys was still memorable to me because Mm -hmm. of the writing yeah brad that's actually something i say in the review where i'm like or i think i say at the review if i didn't say it in the review i had this thought um that a lot of the best moments are just you sitting down and talking to somebody Um, yeah the dialogue and like I think they did a really good job at making you feel like V. Yeah. yeah. I felt like V was me. Like yeah. I had a lot of options and 
a lot of like I think that helps like a lot of di- dialogue choices. We always go make go back making fun of you know the Paragon and Renegade kind of thing, <laughs> right? And obviously, there's kind of moments where it's a little more black and white, but I did feel like I got a lot of chance to really talk and like express yep. myself as V and yep. make V my own. Yeah, I think cyberpunk does that better than like so many other create a character games. Mm -hmm. (coughs) excuse me but yeah huber i'm really curious to get your opinion on it and what what you think um that uh that quest with the two brawlers reminded me of altered carbon it's very (laughs) similar it's a lot of nods a lot of like altered carbon strange Mm -hmm. days like dude there's a ton of nods in this and it's but that too was kind of blowing my mind of like it's a lot of science fiction games, but like storytelling has come so far in such mm-hmm. a short amount of time. Like, it's easy to compare thing on a base things on a basic level. Like, oh, this is like this movie, or oh, this is like this game, and no, it's just like Deus Ex, and it's like no, the storytelling here seems pretty freaking awesome. Well, something that I struggle with sometimes with science fiction is like like Westworld is a really good example where I get really frustrated with Westworld because it's like, it thinks it's so profound and interesting, yeah. but really it's just saying, what if, what if robots are bad? And it's like, <laughs> think about how many stories you've heard mm-hmm. just in your brief time on this earth where it's like, actually robots could take over. They could be bad. And it's like, if you're going to tell that story, you you gotta have a new spin on it. Like just pondering, what if robots were bad? Is not <laughs> is not gonna cut it anymore. You know. And um, to tie this back into cyberpunk, uh, I don't know. I feel like people have been dismissive of it. Um, and I think you know, you Brad talking about the writing. It's it's what makes it work because if you mm-hmm. look at kind of like the big picture of cyberpunk, you could just say, oh, corporations are bad, and that's mm-hmm. true. That's what cyberpunk is about, but what makes it worthwhile is you actually get to see kind of the day-to-day lives of the people in this dystopian life. And it's, it's getting to see things from their eyes and from their point of view that make it worthwhile. Like it, if it was just corporations are bad, uh, this would be a lot less interesting. Yeah. That's definitely part of it. There's like way more to that, you know? Yeah. And just, there's, there's like a, a, Oh man, did you do the the quest with the cop that is like holed up in his Rivers? apartment? No, no, no. River? Oh, I did that one actually. Yeah. Oh, in the apartment? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to yeah. spoil it, but how yeah. that how that ends up and just how it deals with like the topic of loneliness and whatever. Is yeah, really I'll just say great. me and Kristen had two very different outcomes. Okay, I think my outcome well, was, was good like, actually oh. for that one. My outcome was good. Good. Yeah. There's like two cops outside of the cops' house. Yeah, there's yeah, two cops yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yep, that one, that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like Witcher 3, man. I feel like you have so much more room to tell really meaningful stories in the side quest because they're, they're self-contained. Whereas, you know, the main storyline like has to have beats and arcs and, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's tied to this whole big thing. Whereas like you can tell those small, hard-hitting ones on the side quests. I love that. Oh, uh, there's so much that I like I'm at a point where I just kind of want to go into the nitty gritty of Cyberpunk Quest, but it's it's too early for that. Um, yeah, well, yeah. that's been crazy as someone who's not been able to play it too, Ben, is just 
when everyone was dismissing it right away, I feel like the floodgates kind of came off there. Yeah. So I just kept seeing all these articles about like things I had no idea were in the game. It was yep. like, oh, how to do this, how to do this, right? How many of these there are? How to romance oh. this person? Yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, okay, so all the all this stuff's coming, and it's like, dude, forty percent of the people came and play this game. Settle down, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer for sure. Um, but that is what it is. Man, I almost, I almost wish Cyberpunk got like a second chance. Because it'll I, have I a do, second chance. Yeah. When the next gen versions come out, I feel like it'll be, but I feel like they have to market it like they did with The Witcher is like an enhanced edition. Like when this comes yeah. out, you can't just be like, "Yo, Cyberpunk." It's like, no, this needs to be like Cyberpunk, fucking Redux enhanced or edition. yeah, enhanced oh. shit or something. Did they do that with three? They did Witcher not do three? Witcher. Just one and two. One and two. Well, they had like Goatee edition maybe. For oh, okay. while I yeah. while I agree with what you're saying. In a way, like, I th- I do think the reputation of this game will increase over time as things get smoothed over, mm-hmm. and, and the noise will settle down a little bit, but I don't think it will ever truly, just because of how hyped it was, mm-hmm. you know, like, even if it comes back around, I think it will be, the ship has sailed in in, in yeah. one way or another. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's too bad because I, I think there is something here and I just yeah. needed more time to cook. Yeah. Like totally. maybe There's another. It should be early special. access. It should have been early access. Yeah. Yeah. And PC early access. It should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Cause, uh. A lot of great in that game. Like but. little things for me, I talked to you briefly a while ago about this, Ben. Little things for me were just like some stiff animations and just like really, you know, like I'll go into a corner and I'll watch an NPC and and it's just like 15 year old tech, you know, the NPC just right. doing like, yeah, the same, like one little motion in the corner lifeless. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, okay. Unfair expectations. You know, I expected this to be some real life simulator, you know, it's not there, <laughs> yeah. but then, but little things too, like, you know, you order a drink at the bar and like, it's, it's menu based. The, right. the bartender does not, go around, pull the drink, drink, give you it. Or like you go into your apartment to watch TV and it's like, you have to sit down, locked animation, watching the TV. You can't just go in and turn it on. So I'm wondering if an enhanced edition would add stuff like that, little tweaks here and there, you know, maybe that's too ambitious, but I feel like Witcher 1 and 2 enhanced edition like added they added dialogues and like new animations and stuff so i'm wondering yeah, how for sure you know if we'll get a cyberpunk next <laughs> you know it's like or if they're just gonna worry about ironing out what's there get the next gen versions out i think for now that's that's what they're gonna focus on yeah i, sure I the think game works for everybody the difference in what you're talking about at least from my perspective is even if they were to completely overhaul it not that that wouldn't be worthy of praise and i could totally eat my words and play it again and be like, Oh yeah, this is awesome. But I feel like for the most part, you know, I've experienced the stories that I want to experience in that game. And mm-hmm. my favorite part of the game is experiencing those stories. So knowing what's going to happen, it's yeah. like, even if it's presented better, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hearing that story for the first time or, or this person's story or whatever. And it's just not as exciting the the second yeah. go around. But to, to your earlier point about like weird NPC things, like, yeah, this game has a ton of that stuff, but we're in a, 
we're in like this awkward spot, I think, with, with video games, because I think about like Oblivion, right? That was what, 2006, <laughs> 2007, something like that. And like to when I played that game, it was like, this is this is amazing. Like, I'm in this world. And like that game is janky as fuck. Like it gave has so much jank, it, an absurd <laughs> amount of jank. But just the fact that it was able to do that, that scope and and like you could just run endlessly and see so many things and some of this stuff like that was impressive enough on its own whereas like now we're at a point where not only do we expect that size but we expect it to be like flawless and as detailed as possible polished and like yeah i don't know if it, it can be hard i think mentally and it, it changes for every person but finding that line for you like what is acceptable and not acceptable or what are you mm-hmm. gonna let slatter what personally affects your immersion right because like we make fun of brandon all the time about like the character he because he complained about the character's mouths not moving in bloodborne and we're like oh yeah. that's not a big deal blah 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 but that's just like that's where we are now because you, yeah. you do have things and cyberpunk that cyberpunk is so fascinating because you'll have moments in that game and brad Hopefully you can back me up on this, that it's just like, this looks incredible or like, yeah. this is just so, oh, yeah. so immersive. Oh yeah. Uh, like just the, the detail in this one location is, is exceptional. And I think because you have those moments when you go and you see like an NPC freaking out, it just, it shatters that much harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Totally. It's the Nolan effect. You always guys... joke around about the Christopher Nolan effect because his movies are always so realistic. Yeah. In a way. So when something unrealistic happens, it's like oh, glaring. <laughs> Speaking of an odd immersive experience, um, I did not play very much of it because I got sick, uh, but I checked out a little bit of Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. So the reviews that... were kind of shaky on this. Yeah. Damn it. I thought it was really interesting, and I also don't know if I want to play anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I, I admire it in a way. Like, it does it does some really cool stuff. Um, there's a lot more just dialogue than I was expecting. Like, there's a huge emphasis on storytelling and getting to know a cast of characters and getting to know their history. Um, and there's just almost too many moments where you're just standing in place listening to people talk and you're the silent character and it's not that what they they're saying is is not that good or or well written or whatever i think it is but i definitely had moments where i was just standing up in vr and being like this is going on a while i'm kind of like i'm kind of uh so that was strange but the way that it handles weapons is really fascinating um and you have so much at your disposal and it's placed all over your body so you can equip one like gun like a submachine gun over your right shoulder and so when you want that you pull that over your right shoulder or you have like you can also have like another rifle like a long-range rifle over your left shoulder you pull that up um you have grenades on your chest and so when you want a grenade you grab a grenade off your chest you you literally pull off the pin you throw it um you'll have like needles like health needles you'll take that off your arm you'll stab yourself in the chest um and then for all the 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 weapons right because this is world war ii uh you have to 
do so many things with them. So it's like, okay, I have to take out the clip, pull out another clip, put it in, cock the thing. Um, and so it's kind of like uh, Half-Life Alex in that regard when I was talking about that, but even more involved just because of the age of the weapons. And that is really fun. Um, like, you know, just being in the thick of things, like actually crouching down and getting into cover and trying to shoot people is really cool. What I struggle with is they're definitely going for a certain amount of realism that I don't know that the platform can properly support in the way that they want to. And so what I mean is like, they're like, hey, you should definitely use two hands for a lot of weapons because you'll be more accurate. And that's cool. That concept is a good concept. Mm -hmm. But I'm holding these two index controllers. I'm not actually holding a rifle, right? I'm holding two disconnected things instead of one connected thing. And so in the game, my character is holding a rifle, but I'm holding these things and like trying to keep both hands steady. And it's like, this feels very different than a rifle would feel. And so I'm trying to aim it like this thing that it isn't. And so there's a little bit of a disconnect there, mm. if that makes sense. That's weird. Yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, you're aiming down these sights, right? And these are like, you know, old weapons, old iron sights. And so you're trying to, in VR, you're trying to pay attention to like, this little line at the tip of your gun. And so you're like, I don't know. Can, is it, is it there yet? And so you're shooting and it's hard to be accurate because oh these are old weapons. And so it, 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 it like creates this feeling of both being cool and really frustrating where you're mm. like, I, you're putting, right. yeah, you're putting, <laughs> you're putting so much effort into this. And you do kind of have those magical moments where you you manage to kind of line up a really successful shot. But it's just like so much effort all the time that, you know, after like an hour, you're like, yeah, I'm good. Um, mm. The other thing that's weird is the level design. And so I don't think the levels themselves are, are that bad. It's a lot of pretty standard stuff, like, or at least so far in the little that I've seen. You know, like you're in this area, clear all the enemies out or... Like, go on this train, shoot all the guys on the train. There's a tank, blow up the tank. But every, the levels have been so short so far, where you'll have like what, like, they're not like big interconnected levels. You'll have like a scene, and you'll be like, you'll just kill the guys in that little tiny area, and then it's like, okay, loading. And it's hmm. like, oh, okay, that's, hmm. that's a little weird. And it's yeah, like, it just takes you out of it real fast. Yeah, it yeah. just feels very um, cut up. I guess, hmm. uh, which is weird. But how's it um, feel to kill the Nazis though? It feels good. It like shotgun to the chest. How's that? Um, what's neat is like one of the shotguns you can use. Like you, you, you know, open it up. You put the shells in, and then you take your hand and you just flip it like that. Feels yeah. pretty good. Yeah. The the, the sensation. Is there blood and, the and gore? Or no. There's no blood. blood. There's blood. I but it's not over the top. I haven't seen any gore. No, it's from not what I Soldier of Fortune. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably T for Teen or something. When I was watching the trailers for Above and Beyond, um, I, I was like, "Ah, oh, this is visually this looks a little rough." But when you're in the game, um, it's sort of kind of car it's not too cartoony, but it just has a little bit of of a, of a cartoon style that actually works really well, and I think adds a lot of charm to the characters. Um, the characters are very expressive and a little bit exaggerated um, in a fun way. But uh, but yeah, it's like. It's just so much effort to play. Like <laughs> yeah, you're, you're talking like, about like actually crouching down all the time. And I'm like, man, in a war game? That yeah, yeah. Might be a little much. Well, and it's just like 
there'd be moments where it's like, you know, I'd, like I was describing, it's like I'm trying to, to aim down these <laughs> yeah. ancient sites and like that's taking so much time and effort and I'm getting shot, right? And it's like, I can't, I gotta, I gotta pull the gun, I gotta reload. <laughs> it's just like, you're just doing so much that mm-hmm. it becomes uh, a little bit overwhelming. And, you know, it's not, it's not fair comparing this to the best game of 2020, but I think it made <laughs> me appreciate Half-Life Alex even more where Half-Life Alex felt like it was able to restrain itself a little bit. Like where you do enough to feel active and exciting, but not so much. Like there's not there's not so many tasks you have to take care of that you get overwhelmed, right? Like I think I think Half-Life Alex walks this fine line between making a fight seem realistic and making it functional in a way that allows you to be immersed. And I felt like with above and beyond i i just spent too much time like trying to get my hands to do the right thing yeah you're fumbling with stuff yeah yeah got it but um it's a bummer yeah it's not bad it's i want that series to to live on you know yeah i do too and i definitely had that thought huber when i was playing is like the world there should be more medal of honor yeah totally i always really liked that series and you know the vr and respawn seemed like it'd be a good Mm-hmm. good match good direction but yeah just what you're saying and everything i've heard it seems like a like a misfire yeah um do you think I it's something I don't that they could... if i would call it a misfire and and like i know i'm being very critical of it but every decision that they make like i appreciate it on some level yeah because it sounds hardcore yeah it versus... is yes it there is a there is a like we are going to be faithful to this time period yeah with as much as we can with vr which that, that sounds is, awesome yeah it, it's it's interesting it's like it's like a game that i en- don't enjoy that much but is fascinating nice. you <laughs> respect it yeah i do Got i do i definitely i have a deep respect for it even sick it's also like 165 right. gigs on my hard drive oh. which is insane <laughs> excuse me <laughs> 165 yeah. i'm gonna need that space so back nuts. Yeah. Oh my god. That is nuts. Brad. Yes. Uh we're going to return to a uh we're not doing one sentence. We're going to go back for bestake. Mhm. And I'm going to give you the bestake this time. Uh and I want for, if you're not familiar with bestake, this is a segment of the show where we take a break from game discussions and uh Brad has to do an opinion combo. So I'm going to give him a topic and he tries to give me multiple good opinions on it. Uh, New Year's, Brad. Give me your opinion on New Year's. Hmm. A comfy holiday. Hold on, I gotta like stop for a second because my idea of New Year's is now skewed because of this year. Mm. It's a fair guess. And I guess of age from what New Year's used to be to me. New Year's used to be a, a thing of me going out with my friends, having a good time, you know, having some drinks. Just everyone having, like, a, a party. Everyone just hanging out a good time. As I've gotten older, and everyone else has gotten older, it's just, like, a nice, cozy, I'm gonna chill out, get real settled in, and just ring in the new year in my own way. Yeah. Just spend it with my loved ones. So, I guess New Year's is just, like, the celebration of a new era. Overall, a new beginning, almost, to an extent. To me, it's, like, 
I understand New Year's resolutions, but like I, I think they're just some fun, goofy thing people can do. But I don't think it's it's not something I hold close to me where I'm like I have to do it because it's New Year's kind of thing. But I think New Year's is just a nice, fun holiday, an excuse to hang out with your family and just chill out. Mm-hmm. It's great that it comes so immediately after Christmas because it's like it just feels like the good times keep to keep yeah, rolling. Like Christmas know? is like the big haymaker yeah. of jolliness. I like that. And this is just like a little follow up. Like, oh, here you go. Yeah. Just like a, it's like a little like. Shira, you remember when you worked at P.F. Chang's, man? Those oh, little yeah. tiny desserts? Oh, that you yeah, get, the like, dessert the sh- shots. The dessert shot. That's yeah. what New Year's Eve... That's what New Year's is. Like, <sighs> Christmas so is your big meal, dude, shot. and it's just like your little your little dessert oh, shot right at the so end. Good. Brad, I like, I like where you're going with this. How do you feel about New Year's resolutions? Me? Oh, yeah, like I said, they're just something fun. Like, if people... If it's something that people really take seriously and they improve themselves on, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And some sort of motivation to get you to try something else. But to me, it's not something you have to really worry about. Like, I don't think anyone should feel like they have to have a New Year's resolution kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, if you already touched on that, sorry. I, I just... Oh, no, no. Just spaced yeah, out. I was right. rambling. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, if you could celebrate New Year's anywhere in the world... You could just teleport there. Where mm-hmm. would you? Where would you go? Tokyo. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that, that and that's the right yeah, answer. Yeah, like how can you not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Correct. This best take is brought to you by some wonderful shout out tier patrons. Um, at the end, I'm so I'm going to say all the name guys, and then we're going to shout them out. At the end, uh, I want you to do your best Darth Vader voice. Okay. Can you handle that? Yeah. All right, shout out to El Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb, Togi, Crawford, Nick, and Stephen Thomason. Shout out. Shout out. Dude, I just get James Earl Jones to do that. Just say shout out, dude. That would be... Hearing Darth Vader say normal, like, different things would be so weird. How much, dude? James Earl Jones to record you one much, word shout out. How much How much is the fee for one word? Yeah. Shout but do you think out. he wouldn't do it unless, like, he's like, does Lucas know? Does Lucas <laughs> approve kind of thing? I don't know. Um, <laughs> once again, my wife and I watched all the original trilogy movies, and just the way that he says dark side like dark the way side. that he dark side. it's yeah, like he has dude. like a like a whammy bar on the dark siding it side it's so don't good. know the power or, yeah the it's such a whammy side. bar dude it is. yeah it's great damn it's so Sorry. epic i gotta talk about one of my favorite moments of that entire dude. trilogy is when so luke good. get like uh turns himself in on endor mm-hmm. and yeah. he has that convo with vader yep like in that little walkway Great and moment. him just talking about who he was and how he could save. And I'm just like, God damn, that is one of the coolest scenes ever in yeah, Star Wars. Dude, dude. One of the best moments ever is, is when one. Vader's like, or when Luke is like, I can save you. And he goes, you already have. Dude. Yeah. You yep. already. Emotions. Yeah, Chills. it's great. It's great. It's great. Um, Huber, uh, Brad talked about this a couple of episodes ago. It's another a game I still haven't checked out, but I'm I'm still curious about is Immortal Phoenix Rising. Yeah, it's fine. 
You right, beat it, right? Good. Yeah. You beat it? Okay. Swimming, dude. We're swimming in Immortals. How long mm-hmm. did it... So, when you it's say... like 20 when, plus. When you say yeah. it's fine, if that's the first thing that comes out of your mouth in particular, that maybe says it's not worth the time. No, it's good. This is a good game. I okay. This is a good game. I think I was it's totally a good kidding. game. Yeah, I think it's worth the time. This is a really it's good game. It's very Ubisoft on the yeah. front, like the map. When you look at the map, it's very Ubisoft. But... Yeah. I think there's enough to kind of make it stand on its own or like separate itself from the rest of the, what you would I think from a Ubisoft game. I agree, dude. Assassin's Creed with puzzles. Yeah, it's puzzles. The combat's a little different too. Obviously the tone's different yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you like you said, I think it was last episode or two ago. That we were on, yeah. Yeah, yeah you said uh, just about the comedic writing. Mm-hmm. And yes, that, that stuff never landed for me. Yeah. Um, but it also weirdly made playing it less stressful in a way because i i was kind of just writing off the story you know i didn't put too much pressure on it i was like mm-hmm. all right you know there was no there's no pressure i was just like all right i'm gonna do a main quest you're like oh, i'm gonna do a do a tomb mm-hmm. i feel like doing some puzzles like there's a lot to do and everything kind of just goes by quickly obviously the main quest lines are are pretty long and involved Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of like small stuff you can get distracted with that Mm -hmm. just kind of rewards you i'd say there's a lot of stuff you can get distracted there's a lot but then also too when that's if that stuff ever becomes overwhelming you can just mainline it Mm -hmm. so i appreciated how much stuff was tied to the main storyline like again I, i really only spent 25 maybe 30 hours it took me to beat the whole thing yeah it was around 32 yeah and i was getting distracted you know i was i was not just mainlining like i did a bunch of side stuff um yeah it's just a nice easy going mm-hmm. comfy comfy game like if you're looking to, yeah, to hop in to do some comfy it's just comfy like Especially it's one of those like the first like zone zone you get love to the first zone. the grass area like that's always love a good comfy. first grassy yeah, yeah foresty yeah. zone definitely <laughs> i don't really have that much to say about it so we're not going to talk about it this episode but there is something about always having a comfy game in the back pocket play yes. just a tiny bit of uh sack boy that is nice. that is that is how i would describe I'm that so game. Pumped. super comfy yep i've been waiting is... for the multiplayer dude the online multi dude it's really fun man I'm excited. i really like that game Looks sweet. Um, boy, both of you guys saying that the comedy isn't there. I feel like yeah, I feel like people need to study psychonauts. So comedy's not there, Ben. But mm. let's say here's how I handled it. I kind of like almost ignored it. Same at a point. Same where I like just washed all over me. Like I didn't yeah. even affect me. Yeah, totally. And and but, honestly, it made going through the game easier in a way. I don't know. Yeah. It, it made me less stressed out. I don't know. Like, the story itself isn't enthralling, I would say. I feel like there's a few kind of interesting parts. But mm. the fact that the story kind of, like I said earlier, did wash over me. A lot of the dialogue, I was just like, whoop. Like, mm-hmm. don't care. I'm not yeah. here for that kind of thing. Yeah. Humor. I'm here for the dopamine. I'm here for the numbers. I'm here for the. I'm here the to platform. see this world, which Super I think good. is an appealing world when you see it. Yeah, and I was they like, have, shit. I kind of want to see what's over there. And they have the best bears of 2020. They have good bears. There's a lot best of best bears, bears of game. 2020 in video Did you games. Get a bear mount. I was trying to see if I can mount one. The, if there's a bear mount, it eluded me because I too, bullshit, Brad. I, it know? is kind of bullshit. I was like, yo, so many like, bears I don't all want over this here. Elk, give me a bear. Seriously, any game that 
has the the quality of oh that looks interesting let me go over there mm-hmm. i love that um yep genshin impact did a good job of that uh huber you you're like hold on sorry before you, you go for it. move away from that <laughs> thought it does have stuff like structures where i'm like that structure looks interesting i kind of want to see it but what i don't like about it is you could see what everything is actually like oh. you can be like oh there's a chest here i see this there is this certain thing here they, they remove some of the mystery to to bring it back to Breath of the Wild, yeah, which is inevitable for this game. What I liked about Breath of the Wild is I didn't feel like I knew exactly what was around oh, that, me at all times. That, yeah, that's that's huge. In this game, I did for a lot of the part. I knew mm. a lot. So there's a few surprises where I was like, "Ooh, cool." Yeah. But if you're if you're expecting that from this game, because it is compared to Zelda a lot, I think you might be disappointed in that aspect. Yeah, this game gave me exactly what I want. Exactly yeah. what I knew it would give me. Yeah, and that exactly. is solving some puzzles, collecting some loot, climbing some rocks. Mm-hmm. Uber, I don't think it would be unfair <laughs> to say that you are the most puzzle-phobic ally. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're talking about these puzzles and the joys mm-hmm. that you have with them. Maybe not surprising, but just not not something that you are generally like, yeah, puzzles. Full disclosure, anytime I saw a laser, I immediately YouTubed the answer. <laughs> no problem. Nothing wrong with that. No shame. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, that's but great. the other the other puzzles were really solid and there was a nice mean, variety yeah, and a nice curve. So a lot of these puzzles are like classic Resident Evil style, move this box over here. Mm-hmm. Or some of my favorite ones were like guide this arrow through the, all the of these those ones are so fun or like yo organize this picture and make it line up mm-hmm. so there was a nice variety um obviously oh and, and there's some uh there were like some environmental ones where it's like yo get to this point as fast as you can you gotta run and glide so it's like platforming style mm-hmm. get over there so there's just a really nice flow and variety to all these puzzles yeah one thing i liked about some of the puzzles in this game ben is i felt like i did a puzzle and i was like I don't know if I was supposed to do it that way. Yeah, there's so much ways feeling. to cheese it. it Not feels all like. the time. That's yeah. actually something that Breath but of the Wild does there was a few a moments where I was kind of like, oh, that was cool. I felt like I kind of cheated that puzzle totally. almost because I thought outside the box. Same. I love that. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to have this box over here, but it just helped me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, you get some tools and you can, like, bypass a whole step of a puzzle if mm-hmm. you invest in a certain tool to get yeah. around that. The feeling the of improvisation was... is always the best. Yeah. Totally. Uh, the main criticism is that the first couple hours are exactly the same as the last couple hours. Honestly, when you think about it, <laughs> that's combat, a huge criticism for me. Yeah, that combat uh, and puzzles. Like, mm-hmm. sure, there might be like one or two extra la- layers to a puzzle because maybe you learned the skill where you can like. But you even learn that early, like lifting it up. Mm-hmm. You know, lift li- like lifting heavy things. Like you earn you learn that in the beginning, and it's like you're still doing it at the end. Yeah. So. To counter that, though, fair enough, is that there is still throughout each zone, there's still so many types of puzzles that even by the end, even though I was still kind of doing the same things, it, it always felt like I was kind of bouncing around yeah. with with the variety. Like even though think- even though combat never changes, you're still just dodging, attack, mm-hmm. attack, attack, dodge, attack, attack. Well, you so. think about Breath of the Wild, you get all the tools that you, like your all your Sheikah Slate tools you get right at the beginning of the game, the Great Plateau, you know? Mm-hmm. You get all yeah. of them, and you use those through the whole game. But I think what separated Zelda from this game is I think Zelda had more to it. Like, yeah. you had more powers, kind of. like for, 
It's been a while since I played Hebrew, but I remember like the main thing is kind of like your magnet thing. You pick stuff totally. up with. Moving That's like the it, main yeah. thing in this game. You move yeah. stuff. Kinda. Pretty much the whole game, yeah. Well, I think what made Breath of the Wild work is even though you get all your tools right away, um, they the the ways in which you could use them was like constantly surprising. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you, you could just be so creative with how you combine things or what you did to the enemy that yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot of surprises. Uh but I mean it's Ubisoft, so we're gonna get another one of these things probably. Uh excited to see it evolve. Cause to me this was like a the first, you know, we compare it to Breath of the Wild and Assassin's Creed, obviously. Yeah. It's it is exactly like these two franchises, but it's still a new IP. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. so that's exciting. Like I would I would love to see a sequel for this. I think it was a, a really good first step for this mm-hmm. game. I definitely want to get this sense of not expecting another block puzzle a lot where I'm going to have to use yeah. blocks for something. Yeah, a lot of blocks. Like there's dude. some cool stuff. Like, I guess lasers. if you're rolling like a giant ball mm-hmm. or whatever, you're guiding like a giant ball through something like that. But I will say there was some unexpected moments of like a block. And I used a big, like you get like a big hammer weapon, like a skill almost you can use. It, and I was able to move this block with that. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know I could do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I I still think it needs a little more variety, I guess. Yeah, and and maybe a little more identity with the loot. Because each time you get loot, it has uh, each each new piece of loot has like a perk. But each piece of loot has like four visual decorations so sometimes you're picking up the same loot but it just looks a little like different a, new, a different color or it's something. just a different color so really early on i kind of just had the stats that i wanted throughout the whole game so mm-hmm. pretty early i was like all right i really i'm good i'm good with loot like i don't even really need any now i just want to like level up my stuff so in the next one i'd like it too if there was just more kind of unique loot that you earned that was sure, you yeah. know valuable this conversation kind of reminds me of when we started seeing the first sort of souls like games that were clearly mm-hmm. influenced by souls and maybe like didn't quite get it right but it's like oh there's something here like this is an interesting yeah. twist on this yeah. that's kind of what phoenix rising sounds like for breath yeah. of the wild where it's like yes. yeah they're, they're taking from this but like it's got some value and they'll make it even better yeah, yeah. like yeah i had a I had a real good time going through this game. Same. Did you have a real good time going through Yakuza Like a Dragon? <laughs> uh, yes. Man, I have... Over, like, the past week, week and a <laughs> half, I have, like, played the shit out of this video game. It's a long game. It's a long game. Maybe a little too long. Shit, mm-hmm. dude. That we always say... I say we say this often with Yakuza, maybe a little mm. couple hours short of a nice. Mm. That's why I like six. I feel like but six I think kind of that comes from Ben. That aspect of it being a little too long is of me reaching a part in the game where I'm fighting these guys and I get to boss and he's like fifteen levels higher than me, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh shit, man, I feel kind of underpowered here." Mm-hmm. But man, this game. It has all of the things we loved about Yakuza. Like, a lot of us, especially as a story. Yeah. Like, we love the story of these games. These characters. Characters are just as great, man. Just as memorable. I love this new cast that I played around with. Yeah, and I think special praise to Ichiban, you know, as, yes. as a main character. Like, in, like Yakuza's obviously had multiple protagonists. 
but like still insane shoes to fill. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when he is like the main character. You're not switching characters throughout the story mm. necessarily. Right. I mean, I think they just did such a great job. Like, how are you going to put a character next to like Majima, Kazuma, well, Saijima? And the thing is, is it's like you, you think about the things that they're trying to play with in, in Yakuza 7 and it's like this guy is still in this world, this Yakuza world, right? And we've seen so many different characters, but somehow mm-hmm. this protagonist of this game feels a little bit different and has his yeah. own vitality to him. And it, you know, yep. it just, it just does it despite there being so many of these games, this guy doesn't feel like a rehash and that's great. Right. Yeah. And obviously the biggest difference is just the turn-based combat. Yeah. Which was like super refreshing. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I really like the the old Yakuza style gameplay. You know, yeah. beat them up. But I play a lot of Yakuza games. And just having it be like a turn-based style. And like a really, <laughs> in a modern world. Yeah. It's so weird and mm-hmm. interesting that I really dug it. Yeah. I think the combat system is fun. But it's really simple. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Obviously, like, we've played a lot of RPGs and I could go for a little more. I was always expecting, like, a limit break system or something to pop up, but, like, nothing ever came like that. You know, Mm. some moves you push a button prompt, which is fine. And the job systems, obviously, I love job systems. And I think it's handled in a really funny way of you literally go on a place to get a new job called Hello Work. Yes. But I feel like (laughs) there's definitely moments where I was like, God damn, another fight. Yeah. Of That's what Ben said. Yeah, I remember. I, right beat up, I beat up some dudes, you know, then some more just kind of spawn mm-hmm. right in front of me. I'm just like, okay, let's fight these guys. I'm, try- I'm just trying to go down like a street. Then I get another fight right after. And it's just like, man, this feels like a lot. I remember in the original, it was like either Yakuza 1 or 2 original, maybe 3, w- one of those. They didn't tell you where to go. It's like, yo, you got to do this main mission, no direction. And it's fight after fight after fight. Right. And it's like, anytime I'm looking for, anytime I'm lost and I'm getting in random battles, like one after another, dude, I get so freaked out. I'm just like, yeah. where am I going, dude? Well, <laughs> the, the problem here is that the way you take down these guys just doesn't really change. Like there aren't a ton of like mechanics or switch ups really at all in any sense that you, that you have to do for a lot of these fights. It That's not to say it doesn't happen at all, but I I just mean like a lot of times it'd be like, am I fighting a group? Okay. I'll use my group attacks. Am I fighting a single, like Mm -hmm. it, it was pretty straightforward. Now, some of the moves are a joy to watch. Like they're just so ridiculously over the top that they, they kind of have that charm going to them. But I think when it comes down to like the nuts and bolts, you're just doing the same thing over and over again. And you're doing, let, let's, you know, what you were saying about old Yakuza. But mm-hmm. I think old Yakuza, because it was more active. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. It felt a little bit different. I, I do like, they do a lot of good stuff in this turn-based system. And I think I'd let, I, I, I'm excited for them to give it another crack. And I'm curious to see what they're going to add to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because... There is a lot of joy in, like you were saying, the job system and just switching up jobs and just seeing what they can do and, like, getting new abilities as you level up is pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder if we'll go uh, Resident Evil style now where we have multiple types of Yakuza games, you know, yeah. whether, uh, 
you know, yeah. and it's weird too because they dropped the seven here, but not in Japan. So it's like okay, I could see maybe subtitled, non-numbered entries adopting uh-huh. Uh-huh. turn-based, and then if we get a Yakuza eight or whatever it is, you know, go back to beat 'em up. It's, so I wonder. Yeah, if this kind of they'll start feels experimenting. Like, I guess a place you could hop into if you're a newcomer. Obviously, yeah. there's huge pay, like there's big payoffs if you've played the other games and you're a fan. But you could hop into this game and be like. It I'm is, having a great time, and I have a general idea of what's happening. It is largely its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Judge eyes. Judge eyes. Man, yeah. I could definitely go for another <laughs> yeah, judge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy. Judge The future is bright for Yakuza, man. But Very. Dude, one of my favorite aspects of this game that I did not expect was there's, of course, Yakuza is famous for many games. Of mm. course. Yeah. There's like this really fun one called Dragon Kart, which is just Mario Kart. Yes, Brad. Oh. Which I had a lot of fun. Yes. But there's this ma- like business management minigame. Yeah. Where your whole goal, you take over this like failing business, and your whole goal is to get this to number one, yes. baby. Yes. And it's all about managing employees, buying property, upgrading property, keeping your employees happy. You know, over time, they get more like unhappy with their work so you Mm, you pay them to go on vacation to like re-energize them then you have a boardroom meeting with investors and you gotta please the investors and it's just this journey about raising your business and it seemed to go up and you're pleasing everybody and i spent so much time doing this game dude yeah so much like over 10 like probably 10 hours dude it's and i just loved it it's really fun and absorbing and it doesn't the way that you describe it doesn't really I don't feel like you can put into words how much fun it is because there's an entire storyline that you get into yep. and characters that you get involved with. But then mm-hmm. there's just the way that it handles certain things like you'll get options to be like, hey, do you want to pay for like doing this? Com- do you want to do this commercial? And then there's like a full cinematic of your commercial and it's hilarious. And you're like, this is just so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Or they'll be like, hey, do you want to spend millions investing in this thing? It may not pay off and you do it. And they're like, yeah, it didn't work out. We just lost that money. And yeah. just the like emotional highs and lows and how well it's conveyed. And those shareholder meetings, you're like, a, it's like Rapa style where you're like attacking them with words. It's great. Mm-hmm. God, it reminds yeah. me of like like the the obviously they did you know the real estate and zero and the mm-hmm. baseball and Majima's construction and and um just like it, it reminds me of kind of the best of mobile games without any of the yeah. oh yeah any of the dirtiness because it's oh, just yeah. so effing addicting and like you're just raising numbers and it just fe- yeah, things like, are popping I, I don't know yeah, why i'm doing this but it. i'm having so much fun huber <laughs> i had this exact thought with yakuza where i was like we've seen so many things fall to like greed or just general like consumer shittiness and yakuza has just is just like it's just not doing that it just refuses to succumb it's like gaming purified you know it's like it's like ah it's great feels good but yeah uh man i love this game like Mm. i mean it's got problems for sure but like as a yakuza fan i just had such a blast going through and i think the story's great Mm -hmm. like one of my favorite endings in a long time that just hit me hard yeah i was just like god damn this game i love it 
I definitely want to see them take another crack at it. I think there's some things they can do better. But I think this is a great place to hop into the series if you're curious about it. Like, obviously, Yakuza comes with a lot of... Not baggage, but there's a lot to it. A lot of history. And it can feel intimidating. Like, I certainly felt intimidated when I started the series. Mm -hmm. That was a long time ago when there was less games. Yeah. But I think you can hop into this one. It feels way different, too. Oh, yeah. Having an RPG in, like, a modern setting is pretty rare, I would say. Like, you're just in Japan, like, modern-day Japan in an RPG. It's, like, a weird, kooky setting with weird jobs, like, homeless. Hobo is a job. Or, like, a chef. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird, man, but it's so fun. Recommend it. Um, Brett, I actually think it's it's kind of like The Mandalorian in the sense that, you know, if you if you are invested, there's definitely stuff you can take away, but if you're not, you mm-hmm. can still also appreciate it. It it it, yeah. it feels like a game that everybody can enjoy. And I definitely think people are intimidated. <sighs> I think that's probably why they renamed it in the West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's Yeah, if don't overthink it because Yakuza is something that you can just slip into, get mm-hmm. immersed into, enjoy stories, and have a good time. Like crack over- it open, crack it open. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we've all jumped Happy into New different Year's. places, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. My first one was three. Yeah. So I started with you started with one, two, and I yeah. started with zero. So yeah. <laughs> more camel, <laughs> more camel. <yeah. laughs> so weird. It's yeah. so weird. <laughs> I can't um, even believe it. Hey, give you. Yeah, this is like it's Joker. So dude. weird, dude. And then I lost my copy of two original, dude. I have my oh, box. Shit. My disc is gone. Someone stole it's like it. your Okami mystery, dude. What happened dude, to Okami disc? Okami and Yakuza 2 on PS2. Discs are just gone. gone. You don't know what dude. happened? Don't know what happened. It was weird because I went over to Brandon's house one time and he was just like <laughs> juggling this Okami and Yakuza 2 disc. And I was like, whoa, Brandon, that's weird. Dude, so I would ask him. Same thing. Just Is it gone? It's just gone. I don't know where it is. It's gone, dude. Where is it? That's so funny, going, dude. dude. Damn it. Oh, fucking ice, man. <laughs> um... It's too good. Last night, I finished uh, Star Wars Squadrons. The camp- I guess I should say the campaign oh, okay. for Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah. Sick. Did you play in VR? I have not played in VR yet. Oh, no. Okay. Um, which I know you, you've been a big... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, now that I set up my VR for Medal of Honor, now I, oh. now I have no no excuse. Yeah, you should take a, a spin, dude. Yeah, it's, it's a pain in the butt to set up VR. But um, VR or not, I really liked this game. Oh, way, good. way, way, cool. way more than I was expecting to. I think it has helped that I've been in uh, a Star, Star Wars, Wars kick, kick for sure. I've been kind of like, I've been obsessively consuming Star Wars for like two or three weeks now. So that helped a lot. But I just think this is a great game. Um, and as somebody who grew up enjoying like Rogue Squadron, it kind of feels like it's back in a way, but mm-hmm. even better. Like, you know, we, I was talking about Medal of Honor and how like overwhelming it can be. This game actually has so much going on mechanically, but I don't think they overdo it. Like, no, you get so many different types of ships, but there's enough similarities between them and how they control that you can kind of slip into them without being overwhelmed and still feeling like, you know, you, you understand what's going on. And it's just, it's, it's just tuned to 
ride this perfect line between being this like fun fantasy Star Wars thing and you actually feeling like you're you're piloting something. It's yeah, it's not to too far in either direction. Yeah. I yeah. see this in my review. It strikes a very nice balance of being able to hop in arcadey style, but complexity. Yeah. Like almost a sim. Cause like you know, with your ship, you can manage your lasers and yep. your shields. And if yep. you can do that drift turn, you can hop into this game at a real good time. Yep. But if you're a good pilot, you will stand out above other players. <laughs> right. I, yeah, exactly. It feels like like easy to jump into, but the skill ceiling is very, very, very high. And just the more you play it, seeing yourself get better and just like manage your power between your shields and your engines and your lasers and you know being aware of where all your cooldowns are it's like okay i can ask for a resupply now um you know oh i'm getting attacked from behind let me put my shields to the back like and it, it's just awesome like it's mm-hmm. just really 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 fun um and i think the missions of the campaign are just varied enough you know like all the objectives that you're doing are, are what you would expect mm-hmm. like you're protecting something or destroying all enemy fighters or whatever you know along those lines but i think the types of things that you're fighting what you have to worry about and just the general depth of the mechanics make it all super super fun i also think you know we talk a lot about length i also don't think this campaign overstays its welcome yeah Um, it does not and you because you alternate between the new republic and the empire and i think alternating between them helps so much Mm -hmm. um it does just just kind of keeping things fresh and exciting. My biggest complaint, Brad, and I don't know if you agree with this, and I'm sure it would be improved with VR because it'd just be a little bit more visually interesting, is I really actually like the characters, and I think the story is pretty good, pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had fun getting to know them, but like the way that you get to know them is the same throughout the entire game, where it's like, you go to a mission, you come back to the hangar, and then they'll be like, hey, come talk to me. They'll have a speech ball over their heads, mm-hmm. and you'll go. And it's they'll say interesting things, but it's just so static. You're just, like, locked into the screen, yeah. and they're just, like, monologuing at you. It is a very static thing, Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know how they're going to really do this differently. Yeah, no, I, I get like, that. With, like, a long, maybe, like, there's cutscenes, but, like, it's very much, like, to me, Ben, this is a game that was designed... For to be VR. Yeah. When they, st- when they started making this game, like we're going to make this a VR game. Yeah. But they're like, Oh, well, let's make it so you don't have to play in VR. And I think it definitely helps in VR. And I agree with you. I really, the characters I think are interesting enough mm-hmm. where I was like, Oh, this is kind of interesting. Like, I don't remember all their names, but I remember like the, the guy in the empire who wears the helmet the whole time. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. He's great. Yeah. I'm like, this guy's the best. Yes. Like, his whole backstory and everything like that. Yeah. I think it's like Shen. Something, yeah, but something I, like I that? definitely it's like Chen, Shen, something like that. I think there's definitely room for improving presentation how things are handled, right? Like, I like when you're around your command center and you're getting like a mission briefing because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what it would probably be like, yeah. But I wish there was more than you just talking in a hangar or maybe like in your command room, yeah. I don't even think. You know, you you saying the focus on VR, I think, is true. But I think even then, like, it it could stand to be less rigid. Mm-hmm. Like, even just because yeah. you can't even, like, walk around the hangar. Yeah, it's, it's like stiff. You can only go to these 
very part. specific points. And I think if you just had a little bit more room to breathe or walk around, or it felt like when you were having these conversations, the world was just responding to you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, I think all of that would help. Uh, it in definitely the feels like low budget in that aspect. Yeah. And it, to be fair, it's a, it's not a full price game. It's a right. $40 game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you definitely kind of get that sense that like, this is not on the same league as something like a fallen order, but boy, I am really impressed with it. Like I, I pretty much every time I booted it up, I was just so excited to play it because of how well they, they executed on this core concept um, and how focused Uh it was. And I, I've only focused on the campaign for the most part. I played one, multiplayer, multiplayer dogfight so far but i enjoyed that so much where i'm like i might kind of want to keep playing this like that was really mm-hmm. really fun mm-hmm. um and like the the things that you can unlock it's just cosmetic stuff for but it was a lot of it was like pretty cute and like smart yeah, additions and yeah it's like i don't know it's, this is like the little game that could i feel like yeah they, they added dlc too mm. like recently they added a, like two new ships that are like the B-Wing and stuff. Yeah, I did read about that. The B-Wing and what was the other one? Was it the uh, TIE some weird TIE Defender? Fighter. Yeah, some weird TIE Fighter. But yeah, I... Like... I think they added a new map or something like... And when I... Because I reviewed this game mm-hmm. and they weren't saying like they had no plans to do any DLC or anything like that. They're like, we're just going to release the game and hopefully it does well. Yeah. And it seemed like it did well enough where they're like, oh shit, <laughs> well, let's put a little more in this. I, I hope so. Like... I know flight games are not for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I definitely think this this game's appeal is certainly narrow than something like a Battlefront or a Fallen Order, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But like, if you have any curiosity about it, I would give it a try. It is very, it very, spin. very well made. Yeah, and super fun, dude. I'm telling you, man, this game in VR. Yeah, it's, it's like the real deal. Like I one try of my it. favorite moments this year was being in a fucking Tie Fighter Ben mm-hmm. and blowing up an X Wing. Yeah, the I was <laughs> like, hell yeah, this is my shit right now, dude. I love this. And and hearing your teammates be like Rebel scum. Yeah. I'm like, Rebel oh my scum. god, yes. And that's oh, that's something because they definitely try to make the Empire very relatable and like here's where they're coming from and they do a good job of that. But there's just enough like sliminess yeah. and pretentiousness from yeah. the Empire that it's like ah, this also feels right. Also, mm-hmm. Brad, uh, you were mentioning like being in a Tie Fighter and shooting down an X Wing. Um, I enjoyed both sides equally with the ships and I, mm-hmm. I it was really oh, interesting yeah they're all fun bouncing between them because like you're you're in a tie fighter and it's like so nimble and fast but it doesn't have any shields and that's yeah. a lot different than being in an x-wing and like trying to manage your shields and and switching them around and so yeah yeah just bouncing back and forth I, yeah I each side i think it helps because it has like a semi-comparable ship to each other yeah you know the empire has the tie interceptor yeah and the new public has the a-wing yeah they're both like the really fast nimble kind of ships like that or or those times where you're you're using a, a ship that has ion cannons and it's like you're not killing the guys yeah you're just but like you're disabling, disabling ship. the ships yeah. and so your teammates get, they'll be like i got it and they'll come yeah. in and they'll blow up i really like really one thing i was disappointed in is just like i really think there should have been like something on a planet you know that brings like a whole different element to air I, combat yeah I and totally I think that's something you. they could definitely do in the next game, and I'm hoping they do if they do make a sequel. Yeah, it's interesting because there's definitely areas where there's like a lot of debris and stuff around. Mm-hmm. But I always felt like it was pretty easy to navigate through the environment. So, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not. Yeah, 
once you like get the hang of things, you're you're zooming through yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I will say, Brad, because you played this on PS4, right? Mm-hmm. So I have I've only played on a PC with mouse and keyboard, and we were, we were talking about this earlier. This definitely felt like a mouse and keyboard game to me, where like oh, there's enough great. things that you need to do that I'm mm-hmm. like, boy, I'm really glad I have a keyboard. Was it ever a struggle or a learning curve with nah. you on, on controller? Okay. For like a drift, learning to drift well took me like, you know, like a couple levels. Sure. Then I was feeling real comfortable with it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's great that it works well on mouse and keyboard. They yeah. were heavily inspired by like, you know, those old Star Wars games like TIE Fighter, mm-hmm. X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter, stuff like that. So that's great to hear it works well. Yeah, it does. I, I like... I'm so used to it that but it's yeah, hard to I'm, imagine. I'm telling you, man, when you're I playing know. the games night and day... Like the just VR, being able yeah. to like sit in your cockpit and freely look around at everything happening around you. Like when you're flying up, yeah. and you're trying to keep track of a ship. It's the best. Yeah, no, I got to try. Can't it. shake him. And I, Can't I, shake I, him. I was thinking about that as I was playing. I was like, you know, I know I got to play it in VR. I know Brad talks about it a lot. It's just like I didn't want to set up my VR, but now oh, it's out. Totally, Today, yeah, totally right yeah. there. I'm, there's my index. Yeah, just right give there. a spin for a few levels. Just yeah. feel it out. Um. One other thing that I want to say is a positive, you know, not a super revolutionary thing, but I really like, so every mission has medals that you get at the end. And so you'll get like a medal for not dying or for doing all the optional objectives in a mission or for uh, beating it under a certain time. And I was like, oh, I like that. Like that actually kind of makes me want to revisit some of these things and and, and do that. Mm-hmm. Just that, that nice little replay Some small replay value. Yeah. yeah it was good. Um. Yeah, flying in Star Wars Squadrons, just like we're about to fly right into this Hotake! Oh, shit. I thought with this crew, you know, it's the New Year's episode. We're not taking things too seriously. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This is the right group to do it with. We're going we're gonna to put on our, our prediction hats. <laughs> what do you think can be realistic, can be goofy, can be whatever you want it to be? What do you think will happen in gaming in 2021? Now, that's a big question. Um, so I, I wrote down some games and things to maybe get mm-hmm. the ball rolling. Uh, you know, hopefully have like Ghostwire Tokyo coming. Mm-hmm. Elden Ring. Breath <laughs> of the Wild 2. <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West. Maybe a Switch Pro. Maybe. God, I hope. Halo Infinite. Diablo 4. Uh, Gotham Knights. God of War Ragnarok. Hopefully, Hollow Knight Silk Song, uh, Monster Hunter Rise. <laughs> uh, you got that that Microsoft Bethesda deal. It'll be interesting to see how that. Oh right, yeah. Plays out, and you know, just throwing on a wild wild rumor on here: a Blue Point Metal Gear Solid remake. Oh yeah, dude. So, so we got a lot of a lot of things Juicy. that we can poke on. Juicy. We didn't even talk about Final Fantasy 16 or anything like that. No. No, I did. There's a lot of stuff I did not include. I yeah. just wanted to get the ball rolling. So take it in whatever Dude, you direction. Got the ball rolling. God of War Ragnarok will be IGN's game of the year. It'll be IGN's game of the year. So why didn't you say Easy Allies? I didn't want Bloodworth to sweat. You didn't want to put that <laughs> pressure on him. Yeah. You know, Bloodworth gets uncomfortable when you uh, start predicting uh, our st- own. Oh, our yeah, own goatees and he review does, yeah. scores so he gets a little nervous he so does, that one yeah. that uh, one was for blood you know it's only it's the beginning of january i don't want to stress him out too much yet blood uh <laughs> blood apparently really loved half-life alex though which is encouraging i like yeah that. Mm-hmm. i'm picking like that, that up tomorrow yeah 
Um, will it be anybody else's game of the year? I mean, will God of War be a a game a of the year success? Yeah, because that's I mean, God of War twenty eighteen was definitely that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now those Let's expectations. See. Yeah, God of War twenty eighteen had the advantage of being like new totally. compared to the old ones. Hmm. Will it be? I think it's gonna be. They're gonna knock it out of the park mm-hmm. with this game. I agree. Do yeah. you think they run into the danger though? Like, because with God of War twenty eighteen, they completely reinvented God of War from the top That's what down. I'm saying. I mean, yeah. like yeah. how they how That's they. That's a big advantage. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like they combat, like character portrayal, tone, like everything was different. Everything was different, mm-hmm. right? So do you, is it, when you run into the sequel, do you run into the problem of like, well, you know, you didn't reinvent the wheel again, so it's not quite as impressive. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like, obviously there's way more to it, but that's right. kind of what happened to Last of Us, I feel like. Oh, you Where think so? Like if you, if you play them side by side, like they play really similarly. Yeah. They're very similar games. So I definitely think if God of War does almost exactly what they did in 2018 i think people will take it for granted well, here's well the thing. last of us part two game awards game of the year yeah yeah 2020 here's the sure. thing when i'm thinking of god of war ragnarok i'm thinking of uncharted one to two maybe not necessarily as drastic as a leap hmm. but a big step up of that, them. that ps5 baby yeah exactly yeah. refinement <laughs> craft like just really nailing everything now like no, like you, in the front. I think of the first one, you got like a few kind of weird areas, kind of few like weird spots. You know, maybe yeah. maybe throwing your axe a little too many bells or something <laughs> weird like that. Sure, too many, yeah, bells, too many ravens. Too, too many bells, yeah. yeah, maybe like really diving into some of these other realms or something like yeah. that. Like you yeah, got, oh little, yeah, like, you got a little of that. Yes, in this Brad. game, like really diving into that, like tweaking some combat things to make maybe. If Atreus is still fighting with you, maybe even more involved some way. Yes. Yeah, because some of the realms you go to, they feel like video game stages. Yes. And we always talk about that. Yep. yep where yep, it yep. feels like, oh, these... This area feels like crafted for for this game. Mm-hmm. Versus yeah. like, oh, I'm actually going to this faraway place. Yeah. Um, You talked about Last of Us Part Two, Huber, and, and people taking it for granted. Um, and Brad, I, you, you made me realize like there's so many ambitious things that they could do with Ragnarok. Um, but when I think of Last of Us Part Two, I, I don't, I really truly don't think of it as more of the same. And I think it's because <laughs> they really went for it in terms of how they told the story. They didn't tell it the same way that they told totally. Last of Us Part One. Right. Um, and I think that really made the game feel super, super, super different. And so just you think about like the relationship that you have, you know, father and son in 2018, like if, even if you just change that dynamic and how that feels, yeah. mm-hmm. it'll feel like a way different game. Is that going to bum people out, though? People Maybe. want that that Kratos-Atreus bond, you know? We didn't really get Joel and Ellie in Last of Us Part no matter, Two. No matter. <laughs> yeah, but... I don't know I don't if know. Kratos is going to necessarily have the same fate as some other characters. It's not you know? about the mm-hmm. thing. It's about the execution. That's yes. right. Yeah. That's what I think about with The Last of Us 2, Huber. Like, mm. I really like that game, but I do have problems with somehow some things were handled. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't have a problem with the idea yeah. of, like, of what they were trying to convey. It's just how it was done for me. Totally. That's Didn't like me with Game of Thrones. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Same sure. exact. I like the idea, but the execution was... Sure, uh, yeah. Could have been a little better there. Don't. 
Anytime somebody mentions I'm Game sorry, of Thrones season eight, yeah, I, 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 sorry. Dude. I'm sorry. I get, uh, I'm sorry. Very few pieces dude, of just media added... have caused me that much rage. If they just had like two extra episodes in there, no, like, right? They would have just made two more shitty episodes. <laughs> 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 they have no uh, idea. What they're doing. Um, <laughs> the thing on some of this stuff that I wrote down, like one I really stuck on for a while was Halo Infinite. And I was like, I have no idea. I don't feel comfortable or confident saying whether that's going to be good or bad in any way. Because I, I feel so I don't either. down the middle on it. I can see 2021 happening, Halo Infinite coming out, and both situations being equally true. Yeah. Yeah. I feel better about it because they delayed it for so long. Yeah, I, well, I agree. Huge delay. That does yeah. make me feel better about it because I think if it came out in November, like they were planning... It would have been kind of a cyberpunk bad. situation. It could have been a cyberpunk situation, yeah. A little bit of an apples and oranges situation here, Brad, but like I think about how much cyberpunk was delayed and still the Yes, the mess it's that possible. That Anything's yeah. possible, yeah, I suppose. Get, get used to me saying that for the next like five years, everyone. Oh man, what? it's kind of a cyberpunk situation. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think that is gonna be a, a <laughs> Yeah, a thing that people say. Well, I think of studios that could have that same situation. I think of maybe Bethesda again or whatever. Mm. You know, when I think of Starfield or yeah. Elder Scrolls 6, whenever the hell that comes out. Yeah. yeah. Could have the same vibe. I mean, certainly did with. I mean, the wait wasn't as long with 76, but it was, you know, a disaster. Uh, a game that jumps out to me and I'm like, there's no way this is bad is Silk Song. Mm. No way. There's, there's no a zero percent chance, chance that it chance. scores any lower than ninety on Metacritic. Yeah, there's zero percent chance that game will be bad. <laughs> and like, I don't like taking stances like this. I think yeah. it's like, no, if you were dumb. an investor, I don't want to make blood sweat, dude. I'm talking about review scores. Sweat up. Like, I think what this team is capable with, what they did with Hollow Knight, and they are taking their sweet time. The thing is, though, is like, and you've played it. You yeah, played that's, it like that's the other thing. Two is, years ago, yeah, 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 yeah. It it was really good. Yeah, and that was a while ago. Release it. No rush. I think um, out of a lot of the games that I've pulled out here, I think Horizon Forbidden West is not being talked about quite as much. Not saying that people aren't excited or that it isn't mm-hmm. anticipated. Obviously, Horizon did very, very well. But I think when I think of Horizon. I think that is definitely a game that I can immediately see benefiting from the next generation. Oh when it yeah, turns... yeah, but I oh yeah. Then I think I think some of the reason was that the the cross gen kind of dehyped. It did the conversation. I think because, it did because for a game that is supposed to be, Eber, I the forgot it piece, was. I forgot it was cross gen. Yeah, I forgot it was cross gen. Yeah, I out take of back everything games, I said. <laughs> out of all the all the PS5 games, yeah. you look at you want that one to be the showpiece, and when yeah. like also on PS4, it's like whoa. Well, when you think of like an open world game, yeah, yeah, the, the fact that it can even run on PS4 is weird. Well, I think about Miles Morales and how, like, when I'm playing that, I don't get this sense of like, oh, this is a this is compromised. You know, it's still sure. visually fantastic. But I think yeah. the difference with that for me is that Miles Morales still felt like a PS4 game upresed. Like, yeah, it's PS5, sure, 60 frames, HDR, whatever, whatever. But the foundation of it, it still felt like 
you know, they're making this PS4 game even better because it's running on PS5. But, Whereas Zero Dawn or, or Forbidden West, yeah. to me, should be like, yo, bare minimum PS5. But it feels like they're... I think, not not in every way, I do think some of the characters could certainly look better in Horizon, but I, I still think Zero Dawn is a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous game. Mm-hmm. And like, we're at a tricky point where I'm sure this will absolutely not be true in like three years or two years or whatever. But where we are now... I think a lot of this stuff is like PS4 game, but better, you know, like (laughs) I don't even think that that is an insult really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I think of some of the stuff that they were able to accomplish on uh, PS4 and how good it looks like I'm playing days gone on my PS5 right now. And they just, you know, that's 60 frames and just souped up a little bit. And it, it looks great. I'm not wanting, I'm not at a point with game graphics where I'm I'm left wanting with how mm-hmm. things look. I do Last think... of Us will sustain me for the next five years on visuals. You well, know? think of Ghost of Tsushima as well. <laughs> yeah, that game same. is unbelievably gorgeous. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, and that's, that's PS4. Um, what I do want to be better, though, and this is what I was talking about with Horizon, AI's got to get better. AI's got to get better. It's got to get better. Yeah. And I know it's not the world AI. <laughs> but, like... Open world AI is dumb as dirt. The the, the way <laughs> they do their predetermined attack pattern, yes. nothing more, nothing less. Yes, that's it. They can't handle it anymore. Yeah, Ben, you preach it. <laughs> it's just when you create this world that looks so gorgeous and you just want to run around in. When you realize it's like, oh, I can just deal with every person the exact same way with it, one button. It, yeah, it cripples it, and it's like you need. We we just need to have like more variety in behavior just mm-hmm. just you just want those moments where you're like fuck i didn't expect that mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know <sighs> that's kind of like what do you think about this like unexpected thing i think of like the nemesis system mm-hmm. and how that was kind of like we all thought that would be the next kind of like ai right kind of thing and it just seemed to f- fallen off no one gives a shit about that anymore but I definitely do feel like I agree with you guys where I feel like some scenarios and especially open world games feel old. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. how you're handling this feels old. The enemies right. you're battling against feel old. They look new, but they feel old. Right. Yeah. I I think that is a very good way of putting it. That's why I love Evil Within 2 so much. They do my favorite thing. They do open world parts, but then they give you those crafted, linear, more yeah. focused parts so i love that balance of like all right here's a big open world but now we're gonna funnel you down this roller coaster ride yeah give you this more crafted tailored area yeah but not every game has advantage yeah, of being totally totally, totally. evil within we can literally it feels like you can literally do anything yeah but even uh even like breath of the wild right like mm-hmm. uh the shrines and stuff versus the big open world it's like i like i always yeah. like when there's a nice balance. separation yeah let's talk about gotham knights a little bit um, yeah, because nice. this is this is an announcement. I think it just feels like a lot of people have forgotten about. I certainly yeah. did until you brought it up again. I was like, "Oh yeah, Gotham Knights." Now this is uh, Montreal's, right? It's Montreal, Montreal yeah. here. Yeah, the fact that there are so many similarities to the Arkhamverse, but it is not part of the Arkhamverse, mm-hmm. really soured me. Yeah, really soured me initially. Obviously, that'll that'll change. My hype will rise again. Obviously, when I play it. And, and once the hype cycle yeah. comes again. But but then um, the Suicide Squad game 
is part of the Arkhamverse. So like that's all moving on. And now we're starting this own thing. It's a weird situation. <laughs> it's super weird. And I always understand. I always sympathize. I always get the argument of we want to tell the best story that we can possibly tell. Mm-hmm. And that means not being beholden to all this other lore. I get that. But it's still not as exciting. Right. And it's made weirder by the fact that there are so many similarities. It's like, yo, Bruce Wayne is dead. What, you know, is this after Arkham Knight? No, it's not. But it's like kind of similar. <sighs> so I, I think what know. makes it really weird is that it's called Arkham Knights. No, it's Gotham Knights. Gotham oh, Knights. sorry. Gotham okay, never mind yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought Gotham it was Arkham Knights. <laughs> Arkham Knight was the other game. That's yep. right. Yep. Um, but Gotham I agree Knights. with the other part. Huber, I, I think that is a super fair point. I, I have nothing to say against that. What I will say is I feel like Arkham Origins was a game that was kind of dismissed out of yeah. the group of Arkham games. Great game. Um, and I didn't play it until 2020, I think, is the first time I played through it. And I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's the best game ever made or it's the mm. best Arkham game or anything like that. But I thought it was a really solid entry that I think a lot of people unfairly wrote off just because it was more of the same. Um, but it, I think it was executed really, really well, and it did some things. Uh, it, it just told its story and presented its world effectively, and I really mm-hmm. appreciated that. And Fuck, I, man. That was my biggest complaint with that game was the story. Arkham Origins? Oh, I like yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but I was like, again? <laughs> I was like, why? Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> I guess I just liked some of the smaller moments in Arkham Origins. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Particularly with like Alfred, I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and the yeah. DLC Cold Cold Hot was very good. And I Bane. think this the big twist really annoyed me. Same. But I agree with Ben. Did it's that... a dope story. It's a dope game. Yeah, I think it's did, a really good game. Did it annoy you more than the twist in Arkham Knight? <laughs> uh, I don't know. At least it was not the same. I don't want to talk person. about the Knight story, dude. <laughs> yeah, like Arkham Knight was like. He was he, he himself was lame, but maybe, maybe that's why they they went the the standalone route. They were like, "Yo, we don't want to we don't have to deal with all this Arkham sure. Knight stuff." Yeah, that's what the, they want to have freedom to do whatever they want. Yeah. It's just God. Even the cast of characters in Gotham Knights, though, is like, why is this just not freaking after Arkham Knight? It's bothering me. It's just bothering yeah. me. Is that? It, but that's that feels so personal. You know, I'd love to I'd love to take a poll. I'd love to if take people care if people really care. Here's now, the granted, say, if you've never played the Arkham games, you p- don't give a shit. Yeah. But if you've played them all, like, do you not care? So Here's I don't know. my weird headcanon about it is there's so many different types of Batman already. Yeah. yeah. You know, different lines of Batman or whatever going different universes. So I mm-hmm. guess that kind of lessens the blow for me. Yeah. But as someone who's invested as you are with like that story, I guess, then I'd be kind of disappointed. Just because the other one is canon, but this one's not, doesn't it feel less special? It is weird. Right out it, of the gate. Well, I think, yes, it I, does. I think everything that you're saying, I think we're just at a point in time where that's all we know. Like, we've yeah. seen almost nothing of Suicide Squad. We don't yes. know the full context for Gotham Knights. So maybe we'll get to the end and it'll feel way worse. Or it'll be like, oh, okay, I see why they went this way. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like, I'm so glad it wasn't part of the universe because they did this cool thing or something. Yeah, totally. Because, like, you know, no spoilers, but, like, a lot... If you you are after Arkham Knight, like, you have less... 
that you can tell, less right. that you yep. can yeah. deal with. Yeah. So I, I, all right, all right. All and right. I, I think I'm it's around. kind of exciting focusing on the, the other members family. of the Bat Family, which they do yeah. in the Arkham games, but it feels like a lot of that stuff is relegated to DLC, but I always thought mm-hmm. that stuff was really strong. And I, I don't know, I just, maybe there's more of a story to tell there. Um, yeah. I will say the most concerning thing is, is like, that gameplay trailer they showed was just okay. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing about it looked all that special or or interesting. Yeah, really, this game, 100% for me, hinges entirely on co-op implementation. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. If I can have these real-time moments where I'm busting in, throwing something as a distraction, and then one of you swoops in, and the guards get distracted over here, and then I swoop in. Like, I want those stories. I want those moments. I just really hope we don't get... All right, enemy base. Let let okay. Yeah. Let's clear these guys. Yep. All right, loot box over here. Yep. Okay, next enemy base. Like I want each because that's what the Arkham games are too. They're so tactical. Mm-hmm. I really want those tactical co-op moments where you really have to work together to to take yeah, down enemies. Yeah, you really can't feel like you can just hop in there. Yeah. Bust in through the front door, beat mm-hmm. the shit out of everyone. See, yeah, I want I want tactics. And, I think it's and, gonna teamwork it's going to be a hard game to play through with another person on the first playthrough, but just because like, I really want to pay attention to the story that too. Exactly. And then, and then like, okay, is the co-op going to be interesting enough that like, I'll want to go through it again mm-hmm. with somebody else. Tricky, tricky game. Yeah. Co-op story games. That's, that's a whole nother wrinkle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, we didn't, we didn't talk about a ton um there's there's we we left so much on the floor but uh i think trying to there could be an entire podcast episode talking about 2021 and so before before we move on i guess i just want to say give me like one off the wall shoot for the moon prediction of 2021 um i guess it's not like super off the wall but i want to see Fumito ueda's new game whatever mm-hmm. he's doing sure it's been quiet for a long time and he's not with sony right now it's gonna be a different publisher so i'm super curious to see what he's gonna come up with maybe 25 years right yes okay this is the 25th anniversary of resident evil this year so a fixed camera resident evil game will be announced in 2021 will it be like brand new It'll be a brand oh, new entry. Brand new fixed, fixed camera, camera resident, whether that's a spinoff or, or mainline, you know, whatever. But there will be a brand new fixed camera resident game announced. I like it. Evolve. Give me a name. What's it going to be called? Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Rigamortis. Rigamortis. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if Rigamortis hey, sure is the subtitle of anything. <laughs> because the camera is locked. Can you just imagine like a kid coming to school being like, yo, you played Rigamortis? Like what a mouthful that is. <laughs> Directed by Suda51. Yep, Suda. Yeah, that does seem like maybe a Suda in. move. Um, <laughs> I want there to be not only a new Silent Hill, I want it desperately from the bottom Never of my soul. Never give up the fight. No. I want Kojima to be working on it 
as a huge drop the mic moment. Yeah. Probably not gonna happen. Could happen, Ben. Seriously, could happen. It could happen, dude. Could freaking happen. It would make could me happen, so man. happy. It would make me this so is, happy. This is your Final Fantasy VII remake, man. It could happen. Will Guillermo if that game happen, also, it could happen. Like that that would would you still be hyped, Ben, if it moved forward with Kojima but not Guillermo del Toro? I mean, would I still be hyped? Yeah. 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 Do I want Guillermo to work on it? Yes. Like yes. both are true, yes. you know. Yeah. I I I have a lot of faith in Guillermo's eye, you know. He's just mm-hmm. that dude just drips style. But, you know, it, like Kojima's also made brilliant games without Guillermo, so I I would still be hyped. Totally. Still be hyped. E3, dude. Kojima, give it. <laughs> give the gift. Dude, you know Kojima, or you know Keeley wants to be the one to release a new Silent Hills Dude, demo, demo number two. I want, let's I want, go. I want Keeley because you know Keeley is like, you know, pretty reserved, professional. Uh, I want him to have a moment where he just like loses it, okay? Yeah. And he's like, uh, so we have a big world exclusive, and he just like rips off his shirt, and then it goes world premiere. He just he becomes an animal comes back he's yeah. just like yeah! yeah he's like he's like eating like a heart he's like yeah i want yeah i want them to like debut this game and him not to know about it keely just be caught off guard yeah that would be i amazing. want raw keely reactions kojima no is, inside scoops i want the final Keely's hours like, of silent hills yeah yeah oh brad i love that Keely's like yo hideo's here he, he, he we don't know what he has no, not even that. <laughs> what do you got? I don't for even us? want him to know Hideo. Yeah, he's anything. Got, he's a, dude, Hideo gets that he text. He some fucking indie they game. They hijack, hijack the feeds. Kajiba gets a text, and it's just Keely. like, "Why don't you tell me? <laughs> Why don't you tell me?" And Kojima just sends him back the sunglass emoji. <laughs> yes, I'm like that's it. <laughs> All right, it's too good. are we ready for some emails? Yes. Let's do it. I'm ready for Silent Hills now. Yeah. <laughs> so ready. You and me both. I uh, hope the medium's good. Yeah. When was oh, yeah, that? That's like this month, right? January, baby. We're in it. The last in one. I don't mean to be depressed, but <laughs> Downpour was in 2012. Was that the last Silent Hill? No, Downpour? there was there was another one after Book that. Book of Memories. Yep. What the fuck? I 2012 as well, dude. Wow, it's been that long? Dude. Wait, was Downpour before or after Book of Memories? A few months before. Okay. Yep. Book of Memories, 2012. That's it. And then PT. That is wild. We're due. The world is due. Yeah, we're, we are due. We are the bill overdue. comes due, Konami. <laughs> this the is, bill this comes is, this due. This is final notice. Get up the IP. You, you yeah. put the final notice stamp, Konami. <laughs> All right, our first email comes in from Matthias. Uh, hey, Ben and Panel, the Game Awards are over and left me questioning, is this voting system heavily flawed? Mm. For example, in the category of narration, 13 Sentinels was, in my opinion, the clear winner. The game would not work without a strong n- narrative by the very definition of his genre as a visual novel. I found the strategy part of the game very forgettable in terms of gameplay, but it was a mere tool to strengthen the bonds between characters. The last was part two in this category. I have my gripes with that game, but I'm totally fine giving credit where credit is due. 
I thought the narrative was kind of weak in the game due to its stretched nature and the way it forces emotions and moral decisions onto the player. But since the jury for the game awards consists of a bunch of critics, how much chance does a game like 13 Sentinels with a 76 review on open critic stand against a AAA game like Last of Us 2 with 177 reviews? If a better game gets skipped and critics have no experience with it because AAA always takes priority, how can quality factor into this outcome? I had the same issues with the categories strategy slash slim, slim, sim, and RPG, where the more defining candidate for the genre was dismissed in regards to titles that were just played by more people. That at least is what my impressions were watching the show. Maybe your angle can convince me of something different. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're 100% right. That's why you got to focus on who is giving the award. So if you want, you know, you got to find people you trust, people, people you follow, people you love, people you know to say what their, you know, best narrative. But I think as long as it's a big industry-wide award show like this, right? the bigger budget games, mm-hmm. like everyone is playing Last of Us. It's yeah. too big not to play. Whereas obviously, yeah, I no criticism think... towards 13 Sentinels, but like a lot, you know, everyone's trying to do work and they're busy and playing all these games. It's like that game is definitely going to take second priority to something like last of us yeah i mean which is unfortunate that's just but it's just kind of the way it is i i feel like while i totally understand where this email uh is coming from this is just that's just how capitalism works right Mm -hmm. like everybody it's all tied to money somehow right because there's the reason why there's so many more reviews of last of us part two is because it's a bigger game with more attention so it makes sense for these companies who their job is to get eyeballs on their thing so they can in turn make money to feed themselves. It's like everybody has to make priorities and those priorities are going to move to whatever they think is, is the most beneficial thing. That's, that's just the way of the world. And so I think, I think definitely award systems are flawed for sure. Yes. I do think the fact that it is nominated was an encouraging sign. Mm-hmm. Very. I don't mm-hmm. think five years ago, ten years ago, Thirteen Sentinels would have been nominated at a thing. Like the this. Game Awards on Spike, to me, no offense, Mister Keeley, they used to be a joke in my mind. Yeah. Nowadays, as I just said, obviously huge industry wide. You know, some of these results are going to be a little skewed, but I still think. For the most part, it's a really good barometer kind of metric. Like, I do take them seriously, you know? Yeah. Barring a couple categories, like they were saying, like Best Narrative, because some of these sleeper hits just aren't played by as many Mm -hmm. people. But for the most part, I really think, like, they've gotten it right. And, again, versus, you know, the Spike Awards, I think they're a lot more credible now than than they used to be. Uh, I think once in a while, though, a smaller game will come along that gets a mm-hmm. ton of attention and praise. I think mm-hmm. of Disco Elysium. Mm-hmm. Like, people are just praising the shit out of that game, and it's, like, a much smaller game. Totally. I also think timing has an effect on this when a game releases. Yeah. Is when people will... Honestly, like, I didn't... I hadn't even played 13 Sentinels at the time because I haven't been able to get to it. Same. So I didn't vote for it in that category. Like, I haven't even finished the game. I'm still playing. It could be, like... There are so many people on this panel and not everyone can play everything. Yeah. yeah. But like you were saying, yeah, there is definitely some games, more popular games that people had time to play just because of the scope of how big they mm-hmm. are and also when they are released. 
That's why I hope everyone that's watching... I know it's frustrating because it feels like goatees are done now. Like, all right, next year, old news. But, like, we really tried Easy Allies to have all of us play everything that is even remotely important so we can... That's why we wait. Dish it out. Exactly. That's why it's so late. And I know that, like, bums a lot of people out, but we take it really seriously. And I love having these conversations with you guys Mm -hmm. just to bring attention to the smaller games and, and just to hopefully get it right. I do think there is a contradiction there that I'm really glad you bring up where like everybody wants this like thorough examination, but Mm -hmm. they also want it yesterday. And it's like, I think you have to be more understanding. Like if you want it faster, it's not going to be as thorough and people Mm -hmm. are not going to play as much stuff. If you want it to be more thorough, you're going to have to be a little bit more like, you know, you, you have to, if you, you have to decide what you want and then accommodate to make that happen. Yeah. Um, like yeah. we all, all we do guys is play video games. You realize yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's like, so much I'm, not even, cl- yeah, I, not, I'm even not even close not even to being close. caught up yeah, for the close. 2020 games. And yeah. it is my entire life is playing. Yeah, I'm always playing a game nonstop. It's not like a it's movie, like, you know, where we can watch yeah, an yeah. hour and a half, two hour movie and be caught up on, yeah. you know, we're playing. Yeah fucking 30 hour games 30 hour games Bricks. back to back to back yeah, yeah, yeah. not back forever back. like we're we as a group at easy as we are trying our best to cover everything is, yeah. yes. and get in depth with everything as we can on a more um optimistic note though i will say like progress is just frustratingly slow it just is mm-hmm. like things just don't move very fast in, in so many different categories but like you know not that long ago indie games were never considered for game of the year. They were always like weirdly kind of relegated and talked about in this very separate way. And now Hades is like one of the most nominated games. So that's just a small and maybe not great example of what I'm talking about, but I do think recognition and appreciation for things changes over time. It's just, sometimes it can feel really slow. Like Yakuza, which we talk about over and over and over again, that was a, like almost no one knew what that was not that long ago and look at it now, Mm -hmm. you know? And so household name, household name things do change yeah i would actually like if keely incorporated more you know uh user votes i Mm. guess from the people kind of like how they have like the gamer's choice or whatever yeah what won that for game of the year ghost of tsushima ghost of tsushima that's right i remember that okay yeah yeah yeah. i would love for them to do more awards like that where people the players feel like they have more of a voice honestly just for every category they should be like okay here's the critic right they voted and sure yeah audience voted i got no problem with that that. would be fun just when you that would do that i could see i could see brandon that freaking brandon jones out that seems like that would mess up the flow of the show unorthodox thing i think but i love the idea i love it because then when that when that matches up it feels like it gives it even more credibility. Yeah, it's yeah. like yo, the people's goatee, the the users, the the critics, the critics vote goatee. Yeah. It's the same dude. This is the one true goatee. <laughs> the one true goatee. Yeah, I like it. I like it, Ben. Um, our next email comes in from Brandon, 
Hello everyone. While there's always new games to play throughout the year, my tastes are particular enough where replaying older games is far more common than expected because there are only about 10 or so new releases in a given year I'm interested in. But because I replay a good amount, I've noticed some games are really hard to go back to because of how much an improvement their sequels are. For example, I like the Borderlands series a good bit, but the thought of returning to the first one without knowing how much better all the entries are is a discouraging one. So allies, are there games you enjoy or at least know of where it would be a detriment to one's time to revisit? Because everything in the series after its start is so much more improved thank you for taking this email if you do and have a very happy new year and stay easy fellow allies resident mm. evil remake has fully replaced the original the original <laughs> fully 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 no disrespect that's, that's love, such a, love the original that's such a great answer i love that game but you know yeah. it's, it's made easy by the fact that mikami just remade his own game mm-hmm. yeah so I it's not like disrespectful it's, still... it's like his camera yeah it's his game stuff like that like re2 remake to compare (laughs) to the original is like super different totally different games yeah Yeah. hmm that's an interesting question like i i still really 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 enjoy it um and it wasn't i was playing not that long ago but like like devil may cry one is a really good game but that combat is so much more primitive than what mm-hmm. came after, yeah. especially with three and four and five that you, when you're playing it one, there's definitely things that you miss in your arsenal uh, for sure. Kind of a weird example, but I think of the final fantasy series. When I look back sure. at final fantasy one, I think it's very primitive. Like I still like it. Yeah. But I think the later games are just so much better. I think that's the original true two. all around, but then you have the added thing of Final Fantasy where it's like, well, which version of one are you talking about? And it's like, the NES version is particularly hard to go back to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll just say even like all the versions of one. Mm, sure. I think some Final Fantasies are just better. Sure, yeah. Those games. Yeah, absolutely. And just do what it does better. Uh, mm. MLB The Show. Sports <laughs> games? Yeah, yeah, maybe, every sports maybe sports, game. sports games are like a great <laughs> example. Yeah, I, I think racing of, games. Yeah, I, I think of just multiplayer, like online, ongoing games. Mm. You know, because if it's a series I love, even if entries get better, I still like revisiting the story. Mm-hmm. You know, like GTA is freaking out of control now, dude. Yeah. But like, it's still fun to go back to Vice City and experience well, tommy's story and and just the setting and all that like yeah. yeah you know on paper five is so much better but like there's still something to be said about going back to there's nothing like that vice city vibe vice vibe city. vibe can counter vice so city. much i got Dude, gta dude. 6 take us to vice city please no Doesn't take have to us be... somewhere new somewhere new Fuck. but you just go on a little vacation to vice city okay, shit that's goes fine. down that's fine it's but just like, man, one little small piece. New GTA, a <laughs> uh, game sequel that I think just you never need to go back to the original Street Fighter. The original oh my Street God, Fighter, yeah. you like no, never need no, to play that no, game. No, great, no, great. no, no, no. Yeah, you don't ever need to play Street Fighter one. Yeah, but what's interesting though is like I, <laughs> you're right, but I still think there's a ton of value in playing Street Fighter two, even with all of the other ones after it. Yes, two. Yeah, yeah but I yeah. think you can. Skip one forever. You could skip one forever. It's like fun to dip into as a curiosity, and that's yeah, it. That's it. There's like just curiosity no value dip. beyond that yet. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. Oh, uh, <laughs> weird example. I think 
Killzone 2 is just infinitely better than 1. Oh, hell like, yeah. Killzone 2 is an old game still, but I think about Killzone 1 compared to 2, I think was just a much better game. Mm-hmm. Like, much better game. But that's kind of the Uncharted situation where it's like, well, if I'm going to replay this whole franchise... Well, you like, yeah, you but like at least Uncharted story. 1 kind of mm-hmm. has like a narrative of like Nate and Sully, you know? At least their conversations are interesting enough. Like, Killzone 1? Like, the story? Like, I guess? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some lore there, but yeah, not a good kind story. Kind of, but it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it really that great to watch it unfold? Do you remember the freaking E3 video of Killzone 1? You mean 2? Or 1? Was it 2? 2, two, two was, was like the infamous. What was like the insane that, that crisis? Was, that was, that was 2? Okay. One. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. What a yeah. moment. This question is really hard for me because even if some things are better, there's something sometimes about older versions that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. Like, I still think if you haven't played Zelda 1, you should play Zelda 1. Or, like, I I just played, not that long ago, I played through the original Tomb Raider, and it's like, yes, there are a lot of things that are obviously improved, or that, like, the 2013 reboot does better, but the way that this does platforming is just so interesting mm-hmm. and different um, that it's it was still a ton of fun. I don't know. It's, it's hard. Yeah, this is a tough one. They brought up Borderlands. I think that's a good example for sure. Oh, Actually, man. there's there's something about Borderlands 1 that I still really, really like. Mm. Just the attitude and simp- there's a simplicity. Because, you know, as things go on, they get more they get more, more stuff more, added more, on. More, and so more, sometimes more. when you go back to the original, it's just lean mm-hmm. and it's like simple. That can be very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Simple and clean. Simple and clean. Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts, Hearts is a good example of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess there's some value in it, but I think about Mega Man One and how it's just no like, Mega Man. No, Brad. Worse. Yes, you're absolutely right. Like, there is some joy to be had in Mega Man One, but it is just strictly it, worse it, than <laughs> it goes away w- real fast, though. Like I don't want. Like I played one when that yeah. collection came out for a little bit, and I was like, "Man, fuck Mega Man One." No, well, this. Mega Man One is just Mega Man One is actually the perfect. It's like Street Fighter, right? It's you keep nailing this because Street Fighter they just hadn't figured out what that game was. Mega mm-hmm. Man One they had not figured out the formula yet. It wasn't until Mega prototype. Man Two. Yeah, it was. It's what it was. Yeah, Mega Man One and Street Fighter One are basically prototypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's those are great examples, Brad. It's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. Um, our next email comes in from Beaks, which is just Beaks. fun to say. Beaks. Beaks. Beakman. Beakman, dude. What game was that? Quiet man. Quiet man. Text Kyle Beakman. That's it. <laughs> Text it to him at four in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will. Don't our time. Me. I will. Yeah. Hey there, Ben and Allies. Uh, we've seen it many times from gaming companies. They have incredible success, and then in order to continue increasing profits for investors, they make a series of baffling anti-consumer moves that end up hurting the company <clears throat> long-term. Some of the biggest examples being PS3-era Sony, early Xbox One-era Microsoft, end-of-Wii-era Nintendo. 
Uh, Xbox has been very consumer friendly lately and Sony has been better than I would have thought going into PS5, but Nintendo has been making some baffling decisions lately, releasing multiple games for a limited time, canceling one of the biggest melee tournaments over the, of the year over Slippy, canceling a Splatoon 2 tournament over player names referring to that canceled melee tournament, shutting down a charity event over modded Joy-Cons, and now shutting down an ultimate only Smash event. These are all things that Nintendo could partner with to help boost rather than eliminating them entirely. We've seen other companies do this. Other fighting game companies have turned a blind eye to online mods and even embraced some. And Sonic Mania's origins are a good example as well. With all this said, has Nintendo officially entered its next era of overly cocky Nintendo? Thank you for all your hard work. I don't know. It just seems like Nintendo has always been like that with their IPs. Mm-hmm. Super controlling and protective of their IPs. Yep. Like, I agree they should just, like, let people play fighting game, like, Melee. Like, I don't... It doesn't... Like, I don't see the problem. I'm not Nintendo, so I don't know. Like, <laughs> everyone who owns Melee probably owns the newest Smash or whatever, I'm assuming. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think they're going to lose sales because of Melee or something like that. But, I don't know. Like, Nintendo... We love Nintendo, but I also feel like they make a lot of dumb decisions a lot of times. Like, I don't understand why they're doing this. Nintendo reminds me of Disney and Star Wars. Sure, yeah. It's just too big to fail. They're running their own race, and they're winning that race. And until the entire public has a huge backlash until their numbers start going down until they release a system or a Zelda or a Mario that fails. Like they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. Wii U was a failure. They don't need need to listen. Yeah, they really don't. And like right now, yeah, the Wii, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, the Wii U is a great, a great point there, Brad. Like the Wii U, you know, didn't do that well. But I still think like everybody kind of gets that one mm-hmm. free pass, you know. Well, there's there's and been they, multiple they re- points, but yeah, but like they re- <laughs> it feels like they rebounded quickly from that. I don't know. Like anytime yeah, maybe sure. Nintendo's in trouble, they just like do something else that's awesome. Well, I think rather than their successes and failures, it's like, I, when has Nintendo ever not been making stupid? Like, this isn't best for the consumer decisions. Like, I feel like every year there's some crazy, mm-hmm. like, why is Nintendo doing that? Whether it's, like, how they crack down on YouTubers or now more recently this, like, mainly Like, there's always something about Nintendo where it's, like, out of all the ways that you could have done that, that's the direction you went to go. But I feel like that has just been Nintendo forever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... Yeah. Like, yes, maybe it hurts now more that they're... That now that they're being so successful and dominant in a lot of ways. But... Whether they're high or low, I feel like Nintendo is out there making dumb decisions. They make a lot of great decisions as well, obviously. Clearly, they wouldn't be in the position that they're in if they didn't. But, like, it doesn't even phase me at this point. It doesn't Mm -hmm. even phase me. And it doesn't phase them. Like, look at how fast things change. Look at Star Wars right after Episode Nine came out. People were ready to write it off. Obviously, it's Star Wars. It's too big to write off. But everyone was just like, dude, done crap now mandalorian season two hits and it's star wars mania all over again let's go because it's like no one's ever out no one's ever out no one's ever really gone no one's ever really gone from nintendo the prequels dude yeah now you're back same with nintendo baby back then out and back (laughs) nintendo's too big to fail 
when you leave when you walk through that door you don't even realize you're just in a bigger room like it's yeah it's like ah oh, fuck like lucas again think about think about all of the rage and it's like the next big thing you'll be right there yeah yep. Yep. yeah nintendo dude as long as you know like pokemon Everyone complains. Everyone complains. Everyone effing complains every damn time. And they release the same game every time and it sells the most every time. Mm -hmm. No reason to change. Business as usual. Keep moving. Hate buying. It works. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You'll complain, but you'll buy it. Yeah. So I think it's going to take a lot. I think Nintendo is going to have to, it's going to be, it's going to have to be a sustained thing where it's an ongoing conversation. It's like what you were saying when we were playing Predator. As they're like the predator's no threat, not a threat. No there needs threat. to be there needs to be a tangible threat. They need to yeah. they need to sweat a little bit, and they're just not yeah. sweating. They're not sweating at all. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's... a lot of decisions come from Nintendo Japan too, especially. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I don't know what it's gonna take for them to change some things. Like fuck, man, I'm still waiting on achievements. What's happening? <laughs> no achievements, never coming. That's going to do it for Frame Trap. This was a fun episode. Thank you so much to Huber, Brad, as always. Coziest episodes. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for watching. If you want to send an email to Frame Trap, that is askeasyallies at gmail.com. One more time, that is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Also going to be in the description of wherever you're consuming this thing. Um, and yeah, until next time. Thank <laughs> you.